Welcome to 20th Century Geek. Hello ladies and gentlemen. Just a quick interlude before the show starts. This is Scott Weatherly, your usual host. And I just wanted to say, uh, this episode was recorded a little bit on the fly the other evening, so the uh, audio quality isn't quite up to its usual standard. And there are some noises in the background uh, from things that were going on around the uh, studio, I should say, or 20th Century Towers. Um, So I apologise for that, but it does not distract from the fantastic content of the show. Okay, I'm now going to hand you over to me and my new co-host. Hello listeners, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm Scott Weatherly, your regular host, and I'm joined by somebody new today, because we're going to be talking about different topics. We've gone back and recently I've done, we did sequels actually in the last episode, I talked about uh, belated sequels, so this actually includes one. So I couldn't pull in anyone better than uh, one of my oldest friends, uh, someone who's had a a soft spot for this character for many, many years, to the extent that uh, I will be putting this on social media. Eight years ago or so, they dressed as Rambo. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, can't, you can't put that. It's been on social media. It's been on social media. It's already it's out there. It's going out again. There. Throwback Thursday. So, <laughs> welcome to 20th Century Geek. Gaz, welcome to 20th Century Geek. Hello. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. You looking forward to talking Rambo? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm sorry. First time and all that, but keen. That's how Carl Pilkington got started, so, you know. That's it. Is big it, yeah, things yeah. could happen. Yeah, <laughs> just just basically get on get on a podcast, start moaning. That's what you want to do. That's it. I can do that. But today, who are we talking about today? The legendary John Rambo. John Rambo. So, I've got to put this out there before we start talking. Yeah. Okay. This podcast is going to contain spoilers for the Rambo series and more than likely terrible Sylvester Stallone impressions. <laughs> um so yeah, just to give you, if, you know, if that's not your thing, you may want to leave now. But I would suggest you stick around; they may improve. So, John Rambo. Before we even get into like, the full details of his history and stuff, why did you? Where's your roots with Rambo? I think I actually saw, or I remember seeing First Blood Part Two before I went back and watched First Blood. Mm. I, I just remember my my first memory actually of. Rambo is the exploding arrows yeah. in, in Rambo 2. And just thinking, wow. Yeah. At first, I'd never seen an exploding arrow before. I don't, I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think anyone had, to be honest. <laughs> and then secondly, you know, it's just this dude wiping out everybody. You know, I mean, I've got older brothers, yeah. you know, a good, a good way older than me. So they were watching these things all the time. So my... 
you know, I'm talking at kind of four or five years old, I was seeing these sorts of things. Mm. Um, when was Rambo 2 out? Uh, first Blood was 82, wasn't it? Yeah, third, part 2 was 85. 85, so yeah. I've mm. probably seen it, uh, what, back in those days, two years after its cinema release when it came out. Yeah. So 87, I was five. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. 80, 85 is a, a strong year for Stallone. Because it's also the same year that Rocky Four came out, so it's the year that he won the Cold War, basically. Yeah. Um, Anti-communist, I know. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get more red, white, and blue than you know, even <laughs> Superman's. Like, you know, going, oh, yeah, well, he's, uh, he's, he's more American than me. Um, so yeah, but like, from a Stallone point, because you were a, or you were, you are a Stallone fan, really, aren't you? Absolutely. So, other than Rocky, what were you? you know, was Rambo your first? Actually, other than Rambo, was Rambo your first Stallone experience, or is there other? I, Earlier I, memories. It, it all kind of blurs, um, but definitely Ram, Rambo, Cobra, and Cobra. probably Rocky Three were my earliest memories. Yeah, um, I think I saw Rocky Three before Rocky Four, and I was—I think I was more excited about that because it was Mr. T. Yeah, yeah, than Stallone. But obviously, when you start to start to link up Cobra, Rambo. Rocky, you sort of form this that picture 80s of this Stallone. Like, wow, yeah, who is this man? It's funny because watching these and because uh, watching the, the the Rambo series, and then going back, obviously, you start looking at the, the other films that Stallone has done, especially around this era. So, sort of like you say, the Rambo, the first, you know, the first three films in particular, really covers eighty two to eighty eight. Yeah. So it's a very eighties character, like it's defined by the eighties. Um, <coughs> And then when you look at the other things that he did, like around that era, like Stallone was, you know, people talk about uh, Schwarzenegger and, you know, that's like, but really Stallone was top dog in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I, um, I mean, not having the opportunity to go back and watch the films, but doing a bit of reading up on it today, and uh, a wide opinion out there was that before Rambo, the biggest action hero was probably James Bond. Yeah, yeah. And so it was the character of John Rambo that spawned and, and gave, you know, gave pathway to the likes of Schwarzenegger and, and mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Willis and John, Mc, you know, John McClane and those sort of characters. So, yeah, it's definitely... Um, well, it's, it's weird because I think, yes, yeah, um, we'll get into it really because, like I said, let's go into, so if you go into, like, First Blood, yeah, it is, it's a real, it's a really good film, actually. Going back to it, I really enjoy watching it. But it's a film of two two distinct halves it's still very much got like a foot in the 70s that sort of like that almost like grim dour 70s movie tropes that you sort of see you know everything from like uh, French Connection to um, Dirty Harry (coughs) and all that kind of thing those kinds of characters because they were the first that was your 80s your 70s action heroes and then it very much has that birth of the action hero in the rest of it like Stallone is you know he's, he's ripped he's he's you know um, he's a one man army like he does I never thought about it but he does he really kicks off the 80s and 82 with that one man army kind of deal um, going back so I say what do, you, what do you remember then of uh, of First Blood First Blood uh, the, the standout scene for me from First Blood was always uh, the jump off the mountain mm. into the trees um, you know the, the cut on his arm the, the, the landing on the the branch legs akimbo, yeah, <laughs> falling through the tree. That was all. That was always the standout scene, and then uh, 
uh, you know, because say being a youngster, you watch those things. That it's those kind of things that stick in your memory and then going up and blowing the town up afterwards. Mm. And then when you go back and watch it when you're older, you sort of you you pick up on different parts of the films, and it is that uh, uh, you know you pick you pick up on the fact that you know this this film couldn't be made today. We know too much about like PTSD these days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the, the, these sort of things it could never be allowed to happen. And you. you uh, but it's it's definitely that um, uh, it it is it's just that sense of the the one man army and this man who's taken on not just the police force but the national guard and you know there's yeah. two hundred men after him and he eludes them and it's a weird thing because watching it back like you say watching it with with a modern sensibility so when I sat down to watch it I was expecting because it hadn't it's been a long time since I'd watched them all really and in my memory I sort of I go back more to like Rambo two and three. Yeah, sensibility really. So watching this in the first fifteen minutes, you actually you are watching a veteran crumble. Like, that's what happens. I, I'm like, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this because <laughs> it's this portrayal of PTSD. Yeah. Um, it opens. He goes to visit. He's going to visit an, an ex army buddy uh, who he finds out um, has you know got cancer and died from the chemicals that were. Yeah. Agent Orange or whatever they did over Vietnam, and there's that moment where you just see his face. And he's like, mm. "There's like a, you know an acceptance of like, I'm the last one," and it, you know it's, it's like a moment of grief. But then he just he just goes off, and then to be rejected again by the um, you know the uh, the sheriff. Yeah. Um, I forget his name now, but yeah, the guy you know he rejects him and says, "Oh no, well, I'll give you a lift to the end of town," and he's like, "Well, I want something to eat. Why, yeah. why can't I have something to eat?" And he's like, "Look." We just don't want your sort here. And even I'm watching it and thinking, what's your problem? What is your problem? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. All he's done is like, he's, you know, oh, you're a drifter. He, he wants a meal. Like, you know, he's not coming for trouble. Um, and then when he drops him off, and then obviously when he goes, they take him into the police station and they treat him like dirt. And you can just see it. Like, all of a sudden he's like, I'm like, someone's going to make him snap. Someone's going to make him snap. And then he has the flashback yeah. to the torture scenes and stuff. I was like, there's a part of me that's like, good. Like, you know, you kick their ass. You know, it's all very, um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, when, like you say, when you when you go back now and you think about it and you look at it, it, obviously, jumping through the film, you go through the closing film when he has his breakdown yeah, and, he, yeah. and he starts talking about uh, being spat on and called baby killer and whatever else. And this is what, you know, this is what the soldiers who came back from Vietnam experienced. And you know it's sort of that understanding that they were actually sent to Vietnam for a war that they didn't really understand they were just doing what their country told them to do yeah exactly and then they come back and get the sense that their country hates them for doing it and it's you know but it's a really awkward film uh... but it's a really awkward film because there's that thing of like you you, as a modern action fan you relish in the action so the bit where he's in the you know he's in the woods and he does all those sort of guerrilla tactics and he you know (coughs) He does them as non-lethal, so he never kills anyone. In the film, he never kills anyone, but on purpose. There's the guy that falls out the helicopter, but that's not really his fault. That's sort of like, you know, an accident. So he never actually kills anyone um, that you see. But then I will say, him firing those bullets across town, pretty sure someone's going to get, you know, someone's got wings. <laughs> um, but I said, yeah, but so, um, you know, going, oh yeah, come on, come on, come on. And then you realise that like, yeah, this guy's mentally broken. Like, yeah. this guy is you know a danger yeah but um to flip it though the other thing that sort of like really struck me this time is you know when Troutman comes in so he's his ex his old commander yeah Colonel Troutman comes in 
And the, his opening line, I've got it in there somewhere, which I think is amazing. Um, he comes in and says, you know, what, what in the, um, yeah, God made Rambo. He goes, God didn't make Rambo. I did. Yes. And it's that level of pride that like, I broke, I made this broken down soldier and it sent is. him into war and cast him aside. It is. Oh, what are the lines does he have? It's like, you're not hunting him, he's hunting you. Some of them are <laughs> really like, cliche. You know, he, he's, he's called it. It is, it is that sense of pride. It's like, yeah, I built this killing machine. Yeah. Who's, who's, you know, if you're sending that many You've men You've got the, the National woods. Guard after him and I built him and screw you. Yeah, it is. It's and, a real pride thing. <laughs> but then, you know, you think about it, actually, it's uh, Rambo that's using the guerrilla tactics that the Vietnamese beat to beat the Americans in the well, war. That he's yeah. using to beat well, it makes me wonder, like, there's, there's almost, in my mind, and I'm, I'm not asking for it, I don't want Hollywood to make it because, you know, it ruins the missing. But like, what the hell happened in Vietnam? Like, what is what is Rambo's yeah, story? Yeah. Like, you know, what was he trained to do? Mm. Um, I do find that I think there's, there's that whole backstory that you do find is really interesting. Um, yeah, because Trap is weird because like I said the other one, they say they're going to send in that many, you know, going to send in two hundred men, and he says, well, if you're going to send that many men, and then you better have one thing. It's like, what's that? He says, plenty of body bags. It's <laughs> <laughs> like. My God, like that's this guy is just all ego. That's all he, you know. That's, yeah. He's just pride, like. Um, but did you know? There's a couple of things worth noting. Originally, they were going to cast Kirk Douglas. See, I heard. Well, I, I read there was going to be a Al Pacino. I think was up for it. They as were well. approached. Yeah, yeah. But Kirk Douglas think... turned up on set. Okay, I didn't know that. I so know they, there was a number of people before. No, yeah, they yeah. Got to Stallone. No, no. This was. Oh no, for um, Kirk Douglas approached for Troutman. Oh right, okay. So he was going to be Troutman. Yeah, but uh, Stallone didn't want to do it at first. No. Yeah, but they approached loads of people before Stallone took it. I think, like I said, yeah, Al Pacino, Clint Eastwood, all the usual yeah, yeah. sort of people. Um, and Stallone took it after he'd read the book and said, oh... He wanted to, he changed a few things. Didn't yeah, he? he said, I want to do this, I want to try that. Because um, the other thing is, the original book... Uh, sorry, the original cut of the film, was, like, the, the work cut, as it was, two and a half hours long. <laughs> and um, when uh, Stallone and his agent watched it, they hated it so much and thought it was a career killer that Stallone and the agency offered to buy the film off the production of the studio so that it would never see the light of day. Uh, and the studio said, well, okay, I'll tell you what, if you sit down and you, we'll negotiate a cut, and apparently like all they removed, they removed loads of Stallone scenes. Apparently there was loads more of like Stallone hmm. talking to uh, Dennehy. Uh, what's it, Dennehy, the guy who plays the yeah, sheriff. Yeah. And there was like all this. They wanted to humanise him. They kept saying, oh, you've got to do this to humanise Rambo, and you've got to do this. And Stallone was like, you don't. Apparently, a big part of it was him explaining like what had gone in the jungle and all that sort of stuff. Okay. And he wanted rid of that, so they got it down to that hour and a half. So there's, there's an hour. I mean, usually from a work print to a finished film, you lose like half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah. But to lose an hour, so they obviously... And I think it worked. Like, the less you know about Rambo, the, the better. It does, it does. Because I know... Cause... Because it doesn't... I've read the book, and it doesn't stick strictly to the book, does it? Mm. Because... What in in the Rambo book, Ram, it, it sort of it doesn't. Like in the film, Rambo is the anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. In a sense, but he is, you know, he is the the character that you sort of empathise with, and you you want to come out okay at the end of it. And it's the policeman that's is the the bad guy in it, and you want to see get get what's coming to him. But the book actually is a a balance between the two. Mm. And you know, you kind of have a sense that uh, the police officer 
yeah, okay, he's not a great guy, but he's got his reasons for it. And Rambo isn't all as innocent yeah, and, as, he, as he's made out to be. So yeah. I think there's, you know, I think what they've done in the film in order to make it into a film is probably the right thing because you do, you know, there is there is that connection with Rambo when you sort of go, I hope he's okay at the end of it. I hope he gets away with it. So yeah, you know, he is the sympathetic character, and it's also because it's weird because the film, it's. Um, it's a film that's asking you to sympathise with a difficult character. Because yeah. in Rambo, like you say, it, it, there are points in the film where you sort of, you, you're sort of looking at it, you know, again, you look at it and go, right, if they both just said stop now, it could be over. <coughs> this, yeah. All, you like, know, stop he, now. He and, runs into the woods. All he wants to do is go. Be left alone. Left alone. Leave me alone and I'm mm. gone. But I think, you know, the, the policeman's got a bit of a... But it's the same for Rock. Like, Inferiority complex yeah. then. He's like, no, I'm going to get you. It's the same for Rambo. Like, there's a, there's a few points where he could... Because when he does get away, he sticks in that... He stays in a perimeter of the woods like to fight back. Yeah. He could still just leave. He could, you know... So there's lots of things like that where you do think, like, this has become... This has become a war. Because I sort of... I've, what, what, um, I'll go back to the Kurt Douglas thing because it always makes me laugh. But there's a thing about the sheriff made a mistake. But the, the, the thing I think from the sheriff is, once it's on that path, he can't seem to he can't let go of it because he can't be seen to be beaten in the, in the face of the town that he serves and the people you know he's, he's, he's sort of like his department yeah. so he's almost on like a path that he can't get off of that moment where he's like you know oh he's got into the woods and you do think like they just fucking leave him alone but he can't he's on that, this whole, that, that ending is inevitable from that moment well it's, it's him that caused it isn't it at the end of the day if he'd have just let him come into town have something to eat He'd have had something to eat and he'd be gone on his way and that yeah, would have been yeah. it. But he, he caused the problem, bringing him in. That's what kicks out, you know, I think he, it's that sense of, actually, this is all my fault. Yeah. If I'd have just let him have a burger and go, none of this would have happened. I antagonised him. Yeah. And now all this has got, yeah. so I've got to be seen to sort it out. But there's also that moment as well at the beginning when it sort of all happens and he drives him over the bridge and Rambo turns around and walks back that you do sort of think to yourself, after what's happened, is he looking for a fight? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not saying he is, but to me, there's always that moment where I'm like, he could have just walked off, he could have just carried on. So like you say, no one's innocent in that, really. They're all, no, they're no. each, you know, antagonising the other person. Um, but talking about that, actually, to antagonist. So Kirk Douglas <coughs> was brought on, was was, recruit, was hired and brought on set to play uh, Colonel Troutman, okay? He wrote, he read the book and he read the script and when he turned up on set, he was clearly off his face, apparently, on whatever... And he turned up with a list of recommends and alterations and stuff. And he said, oh, the ending's completely wrong. The ending's wrong. He said, what should happen is, he said that Colonel Troutman should be sent into the woods and it should become man-on-man on, you know, in the woods. And Troutman kills Rambo. <laughs> and uh, then at the end, sort of, you know, um, the sheriff thinks it's all over. And then you see uh, Colonel Troutman's snapped as well. And then he kills the sheriff and that's the end. And everyone was like... Kirk, it's been lovely for you to come. <laughs> uh, we'll happily pay your expenses, but leave. See you later. Um, yeah. Spartacus. Yes, right here. Yeah. I'm Rambo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they, then they brought in Richard Krenner, and um, he was like a last-minute replacement. So apparently he, he only took the job like as a, as a favour, really, as a last-minute deal, thinking, oh, it's going to be a one-off, it'll be a throwaway yeah. thing, I can go with it, and obviously he got a couple more films out of it. Um, but we've talked about the ending as well. So you 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 mentioned the ending. Now the ending is what? What are your thoughts on that ending? 
that the very end in that last moment of the the face off between him and Troutman. Uh, it's you know obviously he's he's gone off and he's shot the town up and he's mm. blown things up and he's you know he's got um whatever the policeman's name is Brian Denner his character that's it Brian cornered Denner. yeah uh, and he's about to kill him or you get the sense he's about to kill him mm. before Troutman comes in and, and stops him and then it's Troutman saying you know the war's over forget about it it's done and then boom he snaps and you know I think it's the time up, up until that point obviously you see the emotion in his actions when mm. he's in the police station at the start and he you know he's, he reacts he's, he has that flashback and reacts um, but up until that point, he's also he's almost he's quite a cool character. You yeah, know? yeah. He, he hides out in the woods. He sets his booby traps. Uh, he's been non-lethal up until that point. Yeah, that... He, he claims his innocence in that scene in the in the ravine mm. bit where they're shouting down at him and they're trying to shoot at him. He's claiming his innocence, saying it wasn't me. I didn't do anything. Over the radio, he says to him, "Look, I didn't start this. You did. Leave me alone. Yeah, Forget let me it. go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it yeah, go. Yeah." <laughs> Do you know what? I was thinking about this as I'm going off on a tangent. I was thinking about this on the way over that um, the line in Rambo Two, where he talks about being expendable, was what gave him the inspiration. It is. No, it is. That's exactly. He said it for in an interview. Another great trilogy. Yeah. And I thought well, I did wonder whether or not that that conversation over the walkie-talkie was the inspiration for a, a popular Disney film. Where <laughs> said, Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear Stallone. Doing it. Stallone is the inspiration behind Frozen, Um, but no. But then that's the first time when then you really sympathise because he snaps and he he just breaks down and he's in tears and he's talking about his the you know the response he got when he came back from the war and his mate being blown up. That's the bit that really gets me when he's like talks about him and his buddy and he's like his mate was blown up because he was shoe shine. all over me. Yeah, I can't find your legs. I can't find your legs and. You know, the, and it, it kind of does, being English and not born in the 60s, you know, you don't really get a sense of, other than through films, what mm. the Vietnam War was like. And that kind of brings home to you the sort of the tactic, not only the tactics the Vietnamese were using, using kids carrying yeah, bombs yeah, around, yeah. but um, the impact that it had on the people that were over there. Well, more than anything, if you get that sense that like, <coughs> this, this whole film... It's clearly got a political message. Like, you know, there is, there's a thing there about how to treat your veterans and all that kind of stuff. And that story there, it shows that, like, this was a real, like, stain on America. Like, it was a real thing on their conscience. Yeah. And I, um, I did some research, you know, about this film. And um, uh, Vietnam ended in the 70s, you know, mid, early to mid-70s, I think. But the fact is, like, it hadn't been addressed yet on film. So you get films like Platoon, Deer Hunter, and then you get like you know there's a, and eventually we get to a point where you can even mock it, and you get things like Tropic Thunder, and you know other yeah, things yeah. like that. But at this point, like no one had really talked about it on screen, so it was quite a brave film in many ways to be that that scene at the end when they start talking about what happened. You think, yeah. well, fair play, nineteen eighty two, you're talking about that. The problem I have with it, okay, and this is no, well, it's a, it's a it's a bit of a, a damning on Stallone is. I, I think Sloane's actually not a bad actor. Uh, I think he can do... He, he hasn't got the range of, say, a De Niro or a DiCaprio or someone like that. Mm. But I wouldn't say he's no slouch. Like, you know, there are there are things he's done. I'm really, uh, you know, Copland, for example, is a great film and he's done other bits. 
but he can't seem to do upset. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because I watched yeah, this. In all fairness, you can only make out about half of that speech. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will be perfect. I did put subtitles on just very, to make sure I fully got the story. Very much like Mickey dying in Rocky Three. And that's exactly where my head went. So the moment he does that, right, and here come the... Uh, here come the uh, here come these sort of bad impressions. Is that moment he talks about Danny's? Like, I can't find the legs. I can't find the legs. Is when I, I go I go to I go to Rocky Three. Like, I'm just like someone needs to take him aside and be just like, bring it down a level. <laughs> bring it down a level. Yeah. You'll be fine. He's a man's man, though, isn't he? He's not he built. Is. He's not built for no, uh, no, no, no. emotion and crying. And there is, and that's why he'd rather shoot somebody. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But that's why when you do think like of some of the other people that were approached for this film, like you say, uh, Al Pacino and um, uh, Clint Eastwood and some of these others, you do wonder like I wonder what else, what I wonder what way that film would have gone yeah. with those people in that role. Does, well, does Clint Eastwood have emotions? Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, great. I mean, I'm not sure Clint again, Eastwood could even do angry. I think he's no, just Clint Eastwood, isn't he? I love so. Clint Eastwood, right? I got, I've, I've got a big, like, you know, I love Clint Eastwood films and stuff. But you're right. I don't think he. People go, oh, he's a great actor. Like, well, he's a fantastic director, and he's chosen the right films. Because let's be perfectly honest, his range yeah. isn't massive. He'd have made a great Terminator. <laughs> he would have done. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just. Can you squint? I can squint. Right, then we're, we're all golden. We're all golden on that one. Um, so yeah, now the thing to notice, obviously, it was based on a book by David Morrell, and David Morrell actually loved the film. Um, he he uh, was really worried when he sort of gave up the rights to it because he'd seen what happened to other books, um, like Death Wish and others, where they'd been taken and turned into sort of things. But he was, you know, assuming he's quite happy with the money. Right. But, he, yeah, but he was very happy with... Um, <coughs> he was very happy with how this film turned out, which is quite good, I suppose, as a, as a, as a writer, to have your story taken and pretty much written pretty accurately, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, not only do you get the money from the film, but then how many more copies of the books are you of the book are oh, you going to sell? Yeah. Post the film. Well, like I say, because I, I have had a look on, on um, Amazon, and you can pick up a copy pretty cheaply now. But there's the there's obviously the original print, and then there's like the movie tie-in and all this other stuff. So, and he comes up, Dave Morrell comes up quite a lot in, in this as we go on. Um, the thing I would say just before we wrap up on the first film is this film has got heart in the sense of it's it's willing to ask questions. I mean, the things I've put there is like it asks questions like who is responsible for the for the vets? You know, it's got God didn't, God didn't create Rambo, I did. And you see it in Troutman's face at the end. There's actually this thing, because I think Troutman's a good actor as well. I quite like the guy, Richard Craner. Because you do see at the end that there's that moment when, when Rambo breaks down. Yeah. And he's looking at him and there's like his, his lip almost like, not quivers, but like he's, he, there's an expression on Craner's face when he's like, oh, I did this. And, and I think that's where I was heading before we sort of yeah. went off on a tangent. And it is that kind of, like you were saying, it was that pride of, I created this. Yeah. You know this uh, this killing machine, this one man army. This is all my doing. You know, mm. you guys have got no chance. And then at the end, it's like, uh, this is what it's become. Look what we did to these boys. It is, and I think it's, <laughs> and I think that's the punchline of the film. Is that <coughs> one that one glimmer in in, in um, Troutman's face where it is like all that pride and all that you know gung ho yeah. jingoism is all of a sudden broken down to like, oh, we didn't make him. Like we broke this yeah. guy. Like we almost, you know, I, th- I think it's it's explored more throughout the other films, like two and three. But you almost get the sense that Rambo sees 
Troutman almost as a father figure. Yeah, yeah. And so if that is the case, you know, in this first film, it's like, well, I looked up to you and you were meant to be looking out for me and look what you put me through. And that's it. And I, we'll come on to him as, we'll come on to him as a father figure, right? Because <laughs> it's quite clear at the end of the film, that in the first film, that Troutman, like you say, has seen him now as a broken man and he wants to do his best for him. And he actually says that, like, well, we'll do our best for you. Yeah. We'll, we'll, you know, I'm not going to kill you but we're gonna, you know, you sort of, you can't be in in thingy. Yeah. So that'll take us on to the second film. That's what I say because now it's just like I'm just gonna send you back to Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, number two, First Blood, Part Two, which let's be honest, it's a bit of a misnomer because it's not a part two. It's a dir- it is just a sequel, isn't it? Like it doesn't doesn't didn't finish off yeah. the story or anything. No. So we find Rambo was he was arrested. He was taken away to a a. Um, uh, a Looney Tunes labour camp where he just gets to break rocks and make and make himself as ripped as possible. Um, Straight off the back of Rocky IV. He is before Rocky IV. Uh, I think Rocky was filmed first, I think, oh, and then they filmed this. Yeah. But yeah, he is ripped in this film. He's like crazy ripped. Um, so we just said about Troutman being like a father figure and acknowledging his, you know, his. Uh, Fragile mental state, shall we say, with with PTSD. So, what what way do you help you help a former soldier and, and, and person who's broken with with that mental illness? You you send him back to the place where it all went wrong for him. <laughs> you send him back to the you send him back to the POW camp where he was tortured. Clearly, that's the right way to go. Clearly, with the intention, as Rambo himself says, because I'm expendable. Yeah, you're sending me because I don't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter if I get killed out here. Which is another, <laughs> which again is like we'll get into the first one, but again that moment when he's like I'm expendable, <laughs> that I'm like I feel really Wait, uncomfortable. Was he a yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just is. He's gonna travel a lot, I think. <laughs> but he's just like you say again. That's a really uncomfortable moment when you th- you sort of realise that he knows that. If he gets killed in this, like Troutman probably won't shed much of a tear over it. Be like, oh, well, next <laughs> Let's one. Let's face it; they give him the code name Lone Wolf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're on your own out there, so <laughs> <Yes>. off you go. <laughs> we haven't got your backs. You're screwed. One. This is your screw too. <laughs> so yeah. So that, again, though, this um, this film's got some odd heritage or some hot, odd odd providence. So Stallone, obviously, um, although he didn't want to do it in the first place sort of got quite attached to the character after that and wanted to inject some of his own um, politics into it, really. So James Cameron was brought on, the James Cameron of uh, Terminator and Aliens and all that kind of thing, to write the script. And he wrote a script. And apparently when it came through, Stallone said, I like that, I like that, I like that, but I don't like that, I don't like that. It included things like Stallone was going to have a sidekick um, like a techie sidekick, okay. and there was going to be some of the bits and pieces that Stallone was like, no, like it felt to him, it felt a little bit like comedy, uh, action comedy, um, you know, leaning that way a little right. bit. Um, so he took all that out and then put his own politics in. So this whole thing about POW still being in Vietnam and stuff—that's all Stallone. So all that stuff about you know, and then obviously about him being betrayed and all that stuff—he's all Stallone. Put that—that's him putting it in the script. Okay. Um, but I always thought like it was a made-up thing. I was never. I wasn't until until today. Um, didn't was it was slightly unsure why there were Russians in Vietnam. Mm. <clears throat> uh, Post Vietnam. Yeah. 
Fair enough. You know, the, the Russians were secretly, did have secret soldiers yeah, yeah, in yeah. Vietnam yeah. at the time of the war. Backhanders of cash and, and uh, um, weapons and stuff. But why they were still in there, I don't know. I think it, I think it's still just Stallone pumping his Cold War. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is, <laughs> totally. Um, it's like, yeah, we're against communists, but the Russians are communism, so let's yeah. just throw them in as well. Um, but yeah, I suppose, I, I suppose it's the, the... I think you can probably talk slightly less about politics when it comes to number two and the action yeah. does creep into it a little bit more. But I suppose it is... It that, doesn't creep in. It well, runs in, <laughs> blows, blows the off. doors off. <laughs> Uh, but it is that continuation, I think, of people that were let down by their country. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a line in the very opening of the film. So, like I say, Troutman comes to the gates of the, you know, the um, the What's It camp. And they have this sort of, like, back and forth about, you know, you, you get to go in and do reconnaissance or whatever. And Stallone says, do we get to win this time? Yeah. And he says, well, this time it's up to you. Um, and it does sort of feel a bit like even Troutman's admitting... That like oh it was all the bureaucrats and the politicians that lost us that lost us Vietnam. There's none of that now. It's all up to you, you know, soldiers. Rah rah rah. It feels a little bit like that, and uh, which is not surprising in the Reagan era America, which was very sort of like you know USA USA. I mean, still are, but it feels a little heavy-handed. Yeah, Reagan was big into his Rambo, wasn't he? Well, it was at the, off the back of this film that Reagan actually declared that uh, Rambo is a Republican. <laughs> right? Which really, when you watch the films, I don't think he's a Republican or a Democrat. No. You know what I mean? He's, well, he's, he's lone wolf. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, let's face it, he's not, you know, all, he's a one-man army. I don't, it depends on your interpretation, doesn't it? But you can say that he is America embodied and that he is the man that will go and sort things out. Or you could say... Actually, do you know what? This is this is a man who's been entirely let down by his country, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know they've only served yeah. to to um, a in the first film turn him into a, a bit of an emotional wreck, and b in the second film just he's just a killing machine, an, an emotionless killing machine. Yeah, that <clears throat> doesn't matter whether he makes it or not. If anything, <laughs> they don't, if anything, though, they don't want him to make it. Like it's, it's that thing of like actually, we prefer it if he didn't. Yeah. Because we can write him off then, it's a done deal sort of thing. Um, maybe that's it. Maybe it's a conspiracy just to get Rambo killed. Maybe. I mean, like, you know, he must know some stuff <laughs> yeah, from back in the he's day. Got a, they've got, he's got something on. Yeah. Murdoch. Um, Murdoch wants him dead. But that's the thing. Because like, yeah, well, <laughs> they do leave him because he finds, he does find the POWs, doesn't he? And uh, he brings one out as a sort of like evidence. Yeah. And then the helicopter comes into land and Troutman's there and he's like, come on, get aboard. And they're like, bring it back in. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't really want to find anything. Because if they find something, it means they've got to go back and find the rest. And it's obviously a political nightmare. Yes, that's it. Because so, the, the point of it, isn't it? It's, it's to prove to the country there that aren't there any. aren't any POWs left in Vietnam. Yeah. And Rambo finds them. And they're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because <laughs> there is that moment, isn't it? There is actually in the control room. That one room. was meant to be empty. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly what it is. Because there's that moment in the control room when it comes through and he's like, you know, he's got one, he's got one. And he's like, everybody out. Everybody, oh, shit. <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that moment. He's like, oh, my God. Well, we, all right, we have to leave them there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so 
obviously from that point on it goes because that's the point I think there's that betrayal up until that point it's like there's almost like um, you know there is action and there's some other bits yeah. and pieces but the moment there's the betrayal and that helicopter flies away it's almost like the, the thing that's flying also away is the political message you know it's like right, we'll leave the politics there yeah. bye and that's when action comes and blows no, the door off that shit crazy yeah because that's the turning point he gets point, captured doesn't he he does he gets tortured then they kill his girlfriend. <laughs> Just, you know, what more can go right. wrong for this man? That, well, that woman, right? That, that sort of like the moment they got on that boat together and she's sort of like talking to him. He's about, you know, he's talking about being expendable. Yeah. And he's, I'm, I'm like, even from, I remember the first time I watched this film, I was like, well, she's dead. Yeah. Like, there's no way she's making it out of this film. Oh, that that conversation that's just brought back that classic moment, hasn't it? When he's asking about a necklace, he's like, it brings me luck. What brings you luck? <laughs> oh, I'm big fucking like <laughs> <Yeah>. this. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, I make my own luck. Yeah. Um, Crocodile Dundee can swivel on that one. <laughs> yeah. This is a knife. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'd love to see that. That's not a knife. This is a knife. And then Rambo's like... <laughs> um, yeah, she was never going to make it. But um, it also has th- this film. I think the pacing in this film is a bit odd at times. I think it drags for a while. It has some silly bits, but the moment he's betrayed and it becomes like balls to the wall action is when I really like it. Yeah, because like you say he's captured. He's been sort of like held in that like cesspit thing, and then he's brought out and he's tortured. And weirdly, this shows how old I am, right? And how my men- my sensibilities have changed. I'm like, he's been in that cesspit and then they cut him and I'm like, that's going to get infected. <laughs> he's got leeches on him. I see it. He's gonna get, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Cleaning him up. Um, but then he, he's forced to go on the microphone and sort of um, say something in particular, isn't he? To declare, you know, that his, his country has done this and da 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 da. Yeah. So they get recorded and he's meant to go back and speak to the CIA. And he agrees to it and you sort of think, oh my God, they've broken Rambo. Like he's been electrocuted on that bed and he's been cut and all this other stuff. And you think, oh god, they've broken him. And he gets the microphone. He gets the microphone and he sort of holds it. And you think, you know, what's he, they're telling him to say something. And he's like, Murdoch, I'm coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, <laughs> go Rambo. Um, and that's it. And then he manages to break his way out and he starts to get everything. And, and he's obviously, you know, he doesn't have. Um, machine guns or he's lost all that he's got his knife because he never loses his knife yeah. and then he gets the bow and arrow yeah. for the first time uh, including um, atomic weapon level um, arrowheads explosive warheads yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine any US army soldier in the 60s and 70s being taught to use a bow and arrow in combat. <laughs> yeah. So where he gets those skills from because he's pretty accurate with it. He's not He's not pretty accurate. <laughs> like, this guy would make Robin Hood weak. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if, if it was Troutman that turned him into the soldier that he did oh. This is what I'm it's saying. bow and arrows. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, I want to know more about there's, there is a story. Like I want to see yeah. what his training regime was in the, in Vietnam. Like you know, this kid turned up in this sort of like you know mid sixties, early seventies, joined the army, taken to special forces, and then what? They trained him <laughs> on stuff that's like you know, here's other things you're going to need for action films in the future. Yeah. Hand to hand combat, I get. Yeah, yeah. Weapons. Weapons. Bow and arrow. 
Not convinced. So the bow and arrow then. So yeah, he's, he's incredibly accurate and he's also carrying around explosives on the end of it. Yeah. Um, it is cool. I can't deny that. It is one of the best parts of that film um, is when he stood on the, the rock formation thing on that waterfall and he's got some sort of... I'm assuming he's got some sort of force field because every bullet is, <laughs> is, is missing him. Um, and, he, and he sort of like pulls out the arrow and sort of like all in slow-mo looking incredibly badass and then blows the guy up yeah it's 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 incredible really because those arrowheads that you've seen are enough to blow you know holes as big as a car oh yeah yeah they go but crazy. then when it hits the bloke it's just enough just to blow him slightly limp yeah. limb yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no yeah <laughs> I mean that's an impressive effect but uh, yeah I, I, I do like the fact that they've maybe they couldn't like colour coded Potentially. Like he comes out, they got Different green ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you know, there's a big, there's a big red one that's just sort of, you know, <laughs> but you know, do do not you know use. But like fireworks, just, yeah. they come with a warning on them. Yeah. Do not look at you know, run once you've lit. Um. So yeah, so you know, he obviously takes out most of the Vietnamese army. Sixty nine, I think. Oh, yeah, because the kill count goes up on these films. I think it's sixty nine in number two. All right. So here's what happened here because. This is what happens because I, I, I checked the kill count on some yeah. of these films, right? So the first one has got one. Yeah. One person dies in the one, first film. Yeah, and it's not necessarily Rambo's fault. No. Second one is directly responsible for... <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it's around 69. Yeah. that's that sort of number. Yeah. So the kill count's jumped. <coughs> right? And it will jump again. Um, so, so, yeah, so he's taken on the Vietnamese army and he's going to... Um, He's obviously been captured, right? So this is in the mid '80s, okay, and the Russians have been involved, okay. So yeah. there's obviously things. So and they've got him recorded, speaking and stuff, yeah. right? And at the end of the film, so he comes back, and he brings back all the other, you know, all the other POWs yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, right? yeah. So he gets them all out, um, and they get back, and obviously then he does that. It's a great bit. He walks up to Troutman, carrying that big ass gun. And again, that's why I think Richard Crenn is actually really good in this role because you sort of think he's walking up to him, thinking like, you know, you just try and stop me, and you can see on Crenn's face he's like, no, I'm agreeing with you, mate. You go, <laughs> you go do your thing, um, and he blows up all that that computer yeah. room. I have to say, at that point, Stallone is possibly the only person who can hold and fire a gun that size one-handed. And that's what I was going to say because <laughs> it's that bit where I'm like, all he's shooting is computers. But it looks hot. Awesome. <laughs> I can't deny that there's a ten-year-old in me that's going, "Yeah, oh, yeah, that's awesome." It's like an M60. It, this this gun was taken from the helicopter. He this takes it off helicopter the helicopter. Gun. Yeah, <laughs> he's firing it one. Because he's got like the bullets like roped over one arm, hasn't he? Yeah. And because on the art I've done for this, right on the uh, the the pitch that will go up to on social media yeah. on the front of the podcast when it goes up, <coughs> I chose a picture of every time Stallone or Rambo is carrying a, a a gun like a big gun, and the gun clearly gets bigger as well, like <laughs> for each film, um, and it is quite impressive. Like you know, I wouldn't mess with the guy. Like you say, he's he is ripped and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, the one thing that's, that I find interesting in this is, and, and this is you and your Stallone facts will know this. Obviously, by the time he's made this film, and I thought, I assume it's the, no, it wouldn't be the second one, but by this time film, he, he has had surgery on his left, left pec. arm. He was he was training for Rocky Four. Yeah. 
can't remember who the, who it was that was training him, but he was bench pressing and essentially his left pec exploded because he was benching that hard yeah. and that heavy. Yeah. So he's actually got like <laughs> a he's actually got like a cable in his arm and yeah. his shoulders, something. And it's clearly defined in in, in certain shots um, that it looks uncomfortable, but like you know. The fact that he's obviously that's happened, yeah, and then he's carried on and, and obviously done like Rocky Four and done and done uh, part two, first blood part two, shows the guy's got some steel, like you oh, know yeah. that he's not messing around. Like the guy is going to be um, tough. Well, in, in, in fairness, to bench that much that your muscle explodes, explodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's some... Again, a bit like his dramatic acting, it's that thing of take it down a level. <laughs> you it's about repetitions, yeah. not weight. Yeah. yeah, high reps, low weight. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Here's one kilogram. I want a thousand. <laughs> not a thousand kilograms and one. All right. Um, yeah. So he does. He looks, you know, mad. And then he obviously, but he doesn't kill Murdoch, does he? He just says to him, like, you know, there's clearly more. Yeah. Go get them. Or I'm going to. In, fact I, in fact, I was reading about his training regime for uh, Rambo Two, and he would get up and train for two or three hours. Spend a day shooting, which can be what anything, ten yeah, to twelve hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he'd train for another two or three hours and get sort of five six hours of sleep a night, and then be back Jesus. up and do the same again. That was his regime throughout the film. It's one of those odd things, right? I think about when you see these people, and like you, I can't, I can't deny, like, you know, that dedication yeah. is like really seriously deserves commending. That yeah. like, you know, you want to turn up and do that. Like, that's why they get paid that much money. Well, this is it. I mean, and again. Going off on a tangent, I mean, I think Rocky Three, when you see how trim he is in that end fight in Rocky Three, I think he goes down to something like and Rocky Four, like he's <clears throat> I think he's down at something like four or five percent body yeah, fat. Yeah, yeah. But he was he was going through his training regime, which was like two sets of training a day, something like two or three hours at a time. And I'm sure I read at one point that at points in Rocky Three, particularly when he dropped to that body, he was eating a slice of toast a day. It's mad. It's like ludicrous. <laughs> it's crazy. But like I say, it shows how much, like, you know, yes, he hasn't got maybe the acting chops of a De Niro, but the guy commits. Oh, like, yeah. I will but, never, I will, you know, it's the same for Schwarzenegger as well. Like, the, you know, these guys commit to yeah, these absolutely. Um, I mean, look at him in Expendables when he's in his 60s and what he's going, you know, oh, what he's putting himself through in those films. It's, yeah. You know. No, the, yeah, the dude's got, you know, got a set. But, um, for all that training, I'd say, it's no wonder. Like, if I was ripped like that, you know, because he wears, like, you know, his combat's sort of clearly quite tight, yeah. and he wears that vest top, so, like, I would, that's pretty much what I would wear, like, <laughs> just going to the shops. Like, it's, it's it's four degrees outside, and I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I've worked for this body. Look how good I look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pass me the olive oil. Wash it on. <laughs> right, I'm off to the shops. Oh, this can of beans is particularly <laughs> heavy. <laughs> just as it, yeah. <laughs> I've got two bags of rice <laughs> lifted above his head. Um, yeah, and so I do think that all that, like you know, well, well done to him. Fair play. It's a good. It's good on that front. That like, you know, he is an action hero. But the thing that make, makes me laugh about that is the fact he had to train in the morning and the evening before shooting. Right. And I know we talk about these. You know, there's talk of, and, and rightfully so. A um, and what do they call it? An unrealistic female body type. Yeah, yeah. And there's always that, that thing. And it's more so for females than it is for males. I, I, you know, mm. I totally agree. 
that there's, there's the media pressure on women to, to look a certain way, right? And it's probably less so for men now, but in the 80s, right, if you if that was the people you were looking at on screen of, like, Stallone, yeah. Schwarzenegger, Dolph Lundgren, uh, you'd then eventually you'd have, like, you know, Van Damme and, yeah. and Snipes and all these other guys that were just cut, like, they really were to, Then that's an unrealistic body type for blokes as well. Like, you know... Yeah. You were not going to be... Uh, no one's ever going to be that that ripped, but still. Well, I think you know that's where Bruce Willis comes in, isn't it? Bruce Willis sort of takes one for the team there, and you know the guy's in good shape, but he's nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the everyman. So yeah, so that's him ripped. So that's that's the, we've admired Stallone for for his for his gumption on that. But that's two. But that's what you know. Two basically boils down to. I'd say it's an action milestone. Yes, because it's it's like the first one was from from, a, from an action standpoint. You've got um, well, the, the first one isn't an out and out action no. film, is it? This is the first. This is true. This is a proper like action. one yeah one man army. Yeah, but I also think like you're right that the, that first film without that first film, obviously you wouldn't have Rambo two, but you wouldn't no. have Commando. You no, know, you no. probably wouldn't have the cast of Predator. Um, those sorts of things. But this one solidifies it. This oh, one is the yeah. one where you're like, right, this is the one where you, you, yeah. you've got to be able to bench press a tank. And and without Rambo 2, you wouldn't have Hot Shots Part 2. Which is, I was going to say, get onto their own. Which I do, yeah. <laughs> which, and this is the thing about the bow and arrow, isn't it? Because they're like, you know, they eat the chicken. Yeah, that's it. So, that, do you know what? I hadn't even thought about that film until just now. Yeah. So, so Rambo awesome. can fire a nuclear weapon, but Topper Harley can fire Topper, a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it does, you know, it, it is that film that carries that sort of then cult following, you know. You've got Hot Shots Part 2, which is obviously the Mickey tape, but it, it spins off into Gremlins. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> Gizmo well, emulating Ro- uh, Rambo. Yeah, a couple of years later, exactly. So in, like, 89, you get, you know, you get Ra- uh, Gremlins 2, and you do, you get, uh, you know, Gizmo doing the band, and the yeah. bow and arrow. The he bow actually and does arrow. a flaming bow and arrow. And his little paperclip and elastic band. Yeah. So the thing is, like, I think this is the film... That solidified the character of Rambo as an American icon. Yeah, he was an he became an action icon off the back of this film. I think you you know because this film also launched. And before we go to the third one, we're gonna have a little detour. Okay? okay, we have a little detour because we're talking about like hard R eighteen level. Well, the first the first were fifteen. The second one's third one's an eighteen. Fourth one's definitely an eighteen <laughs> um, level sort of violence action films, right? So as a producer or a studio bod, you know, when you're approached with things, how can you make more money off this? Well, of course, you're going to think, children's cartoon. <laughs> of course. So in 1986, there were, uh, there were uh, I forget what studio it was, a studio was commissioned to create 65 episodes of Rambo and the Force for Freedom. Well, well I suppose. Oh, I don't even know where to start with that. It's, um, it's propaganda. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, it is. Well, no, it's the thing, right? It is, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's targeting an audience that shouldn't at least have been watching Rambo. They may have seen, you know, I was watching that film when I was a, a Yeah, kid. but I'd say you were the exception, especially in America. You know, yeah. They were very strict on their sort of things over yeah. there. But... In fact, in all fairness, I think I might have even had... In fact, no, I know I had. You definitely had. I had 
Rambo toys. You did have Rambo toys. Based on. I remember the your Rambo toys. Series. I remember your Rambo toys for two reasons, right? Because I remember, I remember the action figure. Yeah. But I also remember when you got bored of it and pulled its head off. Oh yeah. And, and I you put, put it on that alien yeah, model that's, and made that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. And you you had blood and stuff all over it. Yeah. Um, alien, alien versus Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Rambo oh, lost. Rambo <laughs> did lose that one. Um, um, but this cartoon, right? I watched a bit of it today on YouTube. It's yeah. readily available on YouTube, right? I I recommend it for a bit of like eighties cheese because it's terrible. It's not even voiced by Stallone. The the person who voices Rambo, not only is it not Stallone, yeah. but they're clearly not even trying to be Stallone. <laughs> like it's a real like generic American hero accent. But the film, oh, sorry, the, the cartoon is is it's an offshoot of like GI Joe or Mask yeah, 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 yeah. or anything like that. Like that's what it is. Um, it gets ta- dampened down so much. Like, you know, when I watched some of it, I was like, this is crazy. But Bow and Arrow survives, Red Bandana survives, that sort of thing. So it, it is very jingoistic. It's very silly. Um, Colonel Troutman's in it. But the thing is, it's like every time the army can't seem to deal with something, which is called Rambo. <laughs> oh, yeah. But when they were writing it, so when they wrote the first initial, I think it's seven episodes, it was like a bit of a, you know, here's what you're going to get yeah. sort of thing. Um, the critics, or the not the critics, but like the the what we would have to do is the BBFC, the uh, the make the censors, censors, yeah. that's it, the censors. They made it very clear. Right? They said, "What was it? I've got it somewhere." My notes. Uh, okay, so they said that the studios advised that the cartoon should not make any reference to Vietnam, prisoners of war, or Rambo's experiences in First Blood or First Blood Part Two. So basically, <laughs> so basically, what they're saying is, yeah, you can use Rambo, do what you want, but just it's not, it's not Rambo, but don't mention anything he's <laughs> done before. So, so really, what they've done is they've just given this generic action hero a recognised name. Yeah, is it IP? It's, it's, it's intellectual property, and they've gone up. Now, let's not be, let's not kid ourselves. This isn't the only time this happened. Um, this was the first. I had to check. This was the first. But this obviously did give way to Robocop. So this is the first time this a was, film has spawned a spin-off not, 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 not a film spawned, but an R-rated right, film okay. has had a... Um, so th- there was, yeah. Following on the heels of this, because of, I won't say the success, but because this was done, you obviously do you get Robocop. Yeah. There was an attempt to make an Aliens spin-off cartoon called Space Marines, and it was going to focus on the Space Marines, and it was going to have Xenomorphs in it and that sort of thing, but that got killed off. But because the cartoon got killed off, they'd already designed and built some of the toy range, so they just sold the toys without making the cartoon. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm surprised there's not like a Terminator cartoon or, you know... Predator, something like that. Mm. But yeah, so, so Rambo went off and did cartoons and um, it was cancelled pretty quickly. It's something, you know, you know, not necessarily from our rated point of view, but it's something that's kind of continued, isn't it? Star Wars filling a lot of their gaps through oh, the cartoon series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You know. Oh, God. It, it's more of an accepted thing now. I'm not saying yeah. R-rated cartoons or, or R-rated films, you know. But yeah, with things like um, Marvel and Star Wars... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Filling in the gaps or extending the media hmm. is, is much much more accepted now. And I think this would probably be, you know, one of those things of a... It's a sidestep because what it was, really... It's just an attempt to see 
Rambo's cheerier side. He's such a depressing character. He is. He is. Put him in Technicolor on an That's episode. It. Put, put him in a cartoon. And in an animation. That's it. There's going to be an episode where he fights a robot and there'll be an episode where he fights a bear or something yeah. like that. It'll be fun. And the classic at the end of the programme. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like, I was almost hoping they would have the He-Man level of morals. You know. <laughs> Killing Vietnamese is not always right. All right. Thanks, Stay safe, kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, when firing your M80, make sure your guns are well oiled. And then he flexes his arms. Um, but of course, like, the, the other thing was it was it was it sets a precedence. I think, like we said, like you know, Rambo two sets a precedence for one man army action films. Yeah. I think the cartoon sets a precedence for that for those other cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also, is it was made because of. It was it was an extension and more ways more ways of making money, but it was made because of He Man, because of Transformers, because of you know all those th- things that were basically animated adverts for toys. Because you knew no, you were going to get a Rambo figure, and you were going to get Rambo's tank, and you were going to get Rambo's plane, and you were yeah. going to get Rambo's... I'm sure all of that existed. Do you know what? You've just reminded me. As a child, yeah, I had a Rambo machine gun, and it was Rambo. Did it have a, a line of bullets you could ch- like link over your arm? It and, did. Seriously? It did. It was came in two parts. Yeah. So you could turn it into a big like M60 <laughs> looking thing. So or it was you could a... take it for a knife. It fired red plastic sticky darts. It came with a plastic bow and knife, but it was all Rambo branded. Rambo two. That I'm going. I'm going to obviously listeners wow. won't be able to watch this. Yeah, it's a great. But video. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um, well, whilst you look for that, find then. it, and I'm gonna show you what I had as a child. So this thing, so, so let's, let's, yeah, we'll come back to the inappropriateness of uh, Rambo merchandise in the mid '80s. Because the thing is, I'm, you know, if it was me as a marketeer, some of this sounds like it's beyond my moral capability. But there's a wa- there was a Rambo water pistol one. I'm just googling. Yeah, this. Yeah. There's a Rambo. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you should be able to buy like a Rambo headband or something like that. This was it. This is what I had. Okay, we'll have a quick look. In fact, you know what? I will. Uh, if you can get a picture of it and send available it. Available on eBay, good people. Here you go. On eBay, get your Rambo merchandise now. I really want to see this. I'm, I'm so curious. I, I had that as a child. Right, I'm now looking at. I remember, oh my holiday, God. I remember oh my God. holidaying in the Lake District playing with that. Okay, so on eBay, <laughs> on eBay, I'm now looking at. What is. Pretty much, I would say, you know, my in my limited knowledge, um, an accurate M60 yeah. machine gun. It even had the prop. Yeah, I was going to say, I can see it. I can see it in the book. It's, 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 an, it's an accurate depiction of an M60 machine gun, uh, Rambo branded. Okay, I'm going to find that, and that is going to, I'm going to be <laughs> tweeting that. That's amazing. Um Okay, that will be. I'll put that on Twitter. Check that out. That's a blaster in the past. Okay, that is. guess what? Guess what? Gaz is getting for Christmas this year. <laughs> so, it, all right, so after that, it was cancelled. It, it was basically commissioned and cancelled in '86, and then Rambo went quiet for a couple of years. And in 1988, in the, oh my God, there's a better photo. That's it. It's all its glory. Oh, okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to find that and I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to find it and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> So Rambo goes away. In 1988, we get Rambo 3. Yes. And we get another example 
of Colonel Troutman being possibly the worst leader and father figure in all of movie history. Yeah, I mean, if he's taught Rambo all of these skills and he is the man that created Rambo, how does he get caught so easily? <laughs> does, well, did he not learn anything himself? Well, Rambo 3, it starts... Yeah, he's not great, is he? Actually, he keeps getting caught. But Rambo 3 starts with... Um, well, basically, Rambo 2 ends with him just wandering off. He walks off. They're in Vietnam. That's obviously where the base is, or somewhere else. Well, they walk off together, don't they? And no, no. The two ends up with just Rambo walking off his own. He, 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 he has a word with Troutman, and he basically says, I just want my country to, to love the, us vets as much as us vets oh, okay. love our country, and all that sort of stuff. And he says to him, he says, what are you going to do now? He's like, I don't know. He says, how are you going to live? He says, one day at a time. And just walks off, and you get Frank Stallone, his brother, singing, oh, it's, it's a, a long road. road. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, obviously, he goes off. And you find out that, that three years later, he's been living in a Buddhist commune for however long. Yes, Thailand. In Thailand. Uh, but in order to make maybe, an extra... Maybe the bird from um, number two gave him a bit of a thing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Call this number. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's living in a monastery, though, isn't he? So maybe not. Oh, I don't know, but he uh, basically to get money. Well, maybe that's why he fights. Well, apparently, that's what he is. he fights, and he, he gives the money to the monastery, doesn't he? he gives yeah, the yeah, money yeah, to oh, the yeah, yeah. To, yeah, he gives them to the money. So the yeah, maybe it's because of his celibate. That's his way. That's his. Maybe. That's how he vents. That's his release. Um, yeah, there's a scene you don't know where he gets back and bashes one out. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but that's I, how you see him. So you. I hope he doesn't use his bandana to clean. It. <laughs> <laughs> and puts it back on. <laughs> Squelch. That's how it stays on during all the action scenes. <laughs> Is that hair gel? Yes. <laughs> um, so it opens again. Like Troutman turns up. They've tracked him down. Again, like you know, he's, he's clearly not hiding, but they seem to track him down quite easily. Yeah. And he has the stick fight. Yes. Like, again, which gets um, uh, mimicked in Hot Shots Part Two. Yeah. Uh, in this, they do like the you know they've got the sticks and they've got they got he's got his bands and all that shit on. And then obviously in hot shots they do it and he gets the caramel and he's like uh, smart. Because the gummy bears. Yeah, and stuff. <laughs> brilliant. Um, but yeah, so he's doing that and he's just trying to live this like life of peace. And again, like yeah, when he was in prison at the start of two, he's like you know at least in here I know where I stand. I just have to get up. I do this. I go back to bed. I know what I'm doing. And then he's in the this Buddhist monastery and he's like. I live here in peace. I've found from where I can live and be quite calm and quiet. And Troutman's like, I want you to go in and kill some Russians. <laughs> and he's like, do, just do you, leave me alone. <laughs> yes. Do you not get, do you not get that I'm dealing with my own psychological yeah. issues? Can you, could you come and kill some people? <laughs> Listen, all right, leave me alone. So, yeah. So in this case though, he turns him down. He says, "No, no, no! I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, I'm all good. I'm good here, you know." Um, and then Troutman goes and, and fucks it up. Yeah. And then the CIA come back and actually say, basically say, "Because you, because you didn't go, <laughs> it's all your fault. It's gone wrong. This man has got so much mental torture going on. <laughs> Guilt. <laughs> Kidnapped and tortured, like clearly tortured during Vietnam. Numerous, first time. Yeah, yeah." Numerous when he has his flashbacks. I was gonna say numerous times he's been tortured, bullied by the police. Yeah, kidnapped and tortured again in Vietnam. Yeah, girlfriend shot in front of him, <laughs> and then he goes off and finds. He finally but finds the only pins. man he trusts keeps sending him back. If anything, I'm you getting... haven't killed enough people yet. But, Go back. But, well, he actually says that, doesn't he? Though, in part, when he talks to him, he's like, "When you're going to come full circle and realize what you are." Yeah, and I'm like. <laughs> 
Even I'm like, you are sick. Leave this poor guy yeah, alone. Yeah, because he gives him the speech, doesn't he? It's about you are a lump of rock and I've carved you into... <laughs> yeah, you know, I carved you into... machine what, that yeah. you are. And you're going to see, I'm just like, you're a sick man. Like, you're a twisted, horrible... That, that, yeah, that's it. No, he doesn't, he doesn't say I did it, does he? He talks about the artist. The yeah, artist yeah. has a lump of rock. The statue is always there underneath it. You've just got to chip away at the pieces. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I did with you. You are a killer. Yeah. Learn, you know. We gave you the eye of the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> but, you were born a killer. Oh, really? Yeah, but that makes me, again, like, I want to go back to his childhood now. Like, what trauma does this <laughs> yeah. man carry... That like yeah oh yeah you were fucked up when you came to us but we just yeah. directed that to killing gooks that's pretty <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what he's saying isn't it can you say that no I'll edit that bit out <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it sort of comes across in the eighties isn't it like that's how, <coughs> yeah. that's but that's how jingoistic and racist like that Americans always like yeah you were broken and then we just directed that mental trauma mm. at other people. And so yeah so again like they basically lay a guilt trip on him and and he goes out to Afghanistan to take on the Russians. An entire invading Russian army. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The one man army that this is. This is where the body count doubles. It does. Again, so this is twenty odd in this no, no, one. No, no, gets, no, no. You, oh no, this is this is incredible. This is. So it was a hundred. You said sixty nine in yeah. two. Yeah, it's a hundred and seventy something. Oh, hundred and seventy something. So this this was at one point this won the world record at the time for being the most violent and deadly film. At that point, see again, hot shots part, dear. It's the, when it's you have the counter, the counter at the bottom, all of the, yeah. When you learn these things, kill you more people to, than Rambo. Kill more people. Yeah, and it says like kill more, but Robocop too, yeah. and it's like bloodiest film ever <laughs> until Rambo came out. <laughs> until Rambo, yeah. Um, but yeah, he goes to Afghanistan, and again, this has a this carries its political message. This is all about the Cold War, evil Russians. And all that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, however, the timing was all wrong. How the, Well, yeah, the timing was wrong because obviously <laughs> the, the 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 Berlin Wall fell a couple of years later. But more than that, obviously, those rebels or the great people of Afghanistan, to which the film is still dedicated. Uh, not if you get the new version. No, no, it is it's still on there. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's still on. It's I thought they'd taken it off. No, 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 they yeah. changed it because at one point it did say. To the valiant rebels of Afghanistan, right? And then I think post nine eleven, or even before that, they changed it to the gallant people of uh, Afghanistan. Okay. Um, but no, the timing in respect as well. This film wasn't as successful as they thought it would be because before it was released, Gorbachev started dissolving the Soviet Union and pulled the Russians out of Afghanistan. Yes, at the time it was released, so yeah. it was like. Well, you're a bit late to this party, Rambo. That's it. So by the time <laughs> the film, yeah. it. so by the time film, film was released, that that crisis was already over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically, they won the film. They won the Gold Cold War, retrospectively. <laughs> um, but of course, the rebels he fights with are the um, Mujahideen. No, the Mujahideen. Bloody hell. Mujahideen. Mujahideen. Trans, you know, they obviously became, or a part of them became, the Taliban. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> times change, friends change, enemies change. You know, those had, had Rambo have not gone, do you reckon they would have been as military? He trained them. Adept. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think what you don't realize the reason he looks so depressed in four is that you don't realize it. It's his. It's all his fault. It's all his fault. <laughs> 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 oh. 
Yeah. Any conspiracy theorists listen to your podcast? Can Absolutely. we start something yeah. going? 9-11 is Rambo's fault. John Rambo started all this. <laughs> Full one-man army. Now, there's some interesting things about this, though. So, this was originally uh, going to be directed by a guy called Russell uh, Mulca- Mulcahy? Mulcahy. But he directed Highlander. Okay. And he do- I think he'd done sort of music videos and that before that. And it was Stallone chose him because of what how he saw Highlander and thought, oh, it's a great film. Mm. You know, you, you can handle this. So uh, this guy was sent out um, before Stallone got out there and they were going to do casting because they obviously needed some extras and all this other stuff. Yeah. And, and they had to get um, both the Russian army and the, the Afghanistan rebels and stuff like that. Sort of so Stallone turns up and he's like, so what you got? Who have you cast? And all this other stuff. And he said apparently the people that he cast were like completely wrong. He said all the Russians were these basically looked like Ivan Drago. But like, you know, they were pristine and clean yeah. and all this other stuff. And he was like, these are Russian soldiers that have been in the desert for like four years. You know, these, these are hardened, you know, warriors. <laughs> they shouldn't be. And apparently this guy was like, no, 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 I want, I want the film to do this. I want the film to do that. And I think we're going to have a bit more humour. And apparently it lasted two weeks and Salome was like, you're out of here. Like, <laughs> go. Um, and they brought in the um, a guy called Peter, uh, Peter McDonald, who was the second unit director on Rambo 2. And uh, it, it's one of those situations where Peter McDonald might have his name under the directing credit. But Stallone's done it all. But Stallone <laughs> was probably there on his shoulder as a yeah. bit of a Jiminy Cricket kind of conscience kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, that sounds like... At this point, Stallone was all over this character. Like As far as he saw it, it was like this was his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his, one of his key films. Because really, when you think about it, Rambo and Rocky are his two biggest things. Well, I mean, yeah, he's got, what, six films out of Rocky and four films out of Rambo. Yeah, you know, and another one coming out, another Creed two coming out. Creed soon. two, come, well, yeah, well, yeah, so seven, yeah, seven films out of Rocky then, and an eighth to come with his Rocky character. Four films out of Rambo, you know. Beyond that, you've only got Barney Ross. Yeah, really, that's had the most consistency. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's uh, it is worth sort of you know thinking about that. Like, I think they're the only characters as well, though that he's played. Well, Rocky and Rambo are the only characters he's played where it has carried that emphasis on the political message as well yeah. uh, or, or it's the you know it's the, the more the story that people can relate to you know Cobra's just a badass yeah, yeah. Well, Cop, these, these is just a a fat old policeman yeah yeah Oscar we won't talk about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't oh, Rhinestone Cowboy stop all my mum we won't talk about yeah is Warcraft Cliffhanger's good Daylight's good Cliffhanger's yeah. good but there's no, you know, no, there's no. no. But the thing with these is, I would say that more than anything, right? These are actual sagas. I'd say that Rambo and Rocky are sagas. Yeah. They have consequences. Something that happened in one of the films has a consequence in the other films. Yeah, but I suppose it's right. They 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 complete circles as well, aren't they? Yes. You know, Rambo now has come. Before we move on to Rambo 4, but it has come... Full circle. Full it's circle. a closed circle. Rocky goes full circle. Yeah. You know, he starts... And he's made it, and he's come back to his roots, and now he's the trainer and whatever. So yeah. It goes... It's, 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 they're, the, they're the only films where you get to see almost a lifespan of a character. Yeah. and what, Yeah, exactly. And we'll get on to what I think of the ending of Rambo as, as that cycle. But yeah. 
we'll get to the end. But the other thing I should note, we didn't sort of mention it about two, but we'll mention about this one as well. Because I quite like three. I, I've got a real soft spot for three. I know three's got your favourite Rambo line in it. And I know it has. That line is. It's, yeah, we'll, <laughs> actually, I'll do that now because it is. It's the, cause it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's like, it is. This is, this is like the epitome of one man army, like more than any other film, right? It's Rambo, because again, so Colonel Trampman has been captured and he saves him and he's basically <coughs> taken on this Russian fortress, right? And they get out and they're heading into the desert and Rambo's got his, whatever he's got, his big old machine gun. Yeah. Trampman's got a smaller machine gun. Um, and then, like, you know, the Russian army, t- literally the Russian army turns up, tanks, helicopters, all this other stuff. And they're like, you know, we give you this one last chance to surrender <laughs> and all that other <laughs> shit. And then Troutman's like, what do we do, Johnny? What do we do? And he's just like, fuck him. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, what? No. <laughs> and what happens? He still wins. He still wins. He still wins. They just open fire. That wasn't actually the line I was thinking of. Oh, I know the other one you're thinking of. <laughs> so when he turns What's up. this? It's a, it's, a, it's a light stick. That, yeah. Blue light. Blue, so, yeah. Blue light. He turns up and he goes through his thing. He goes, the, yeah, the Afghan guy's like, what's this? He's got his equipment, hasn't he? He's been supplied with all the, the resources he wants. Yeah. And flight and equipment. What's this? It's a blue light. What does it do? It turns blue. <laughs> it's the way he says it. Because he looks really confused. He's like, it turns, turns blue. It's just, yeah. It is. It's, I don't know why. It ha- I think it's that... It's a great action film, right? Yeah. I think it's a really good action film because there's some, there's, there are scenes in this, there are fights in this that are brilliant. Like they're just so ridiculous yeah. and badass. Like the bit when he's just because he always he always does his guerrilla warfare bit, doesn't he? Where he disappears. Yeah. And this one because there's no trees, he obviously does it in the sand and stuff. And some of it where he's in that cave is awesome. Like he's running around in the shadows. And all that yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. I think it's so good. Um, I prefer this one to two. I have to admit. But it almost does verge on parody, because there are bits in this that are so ludicrous that you know it's like you say the whole the, watching it now this time the bit where they they have this weird dead sheep game of football on the back yeah. of horses. Where did he learn to ride a horse? Yeah, it's never yeah. Well, again, I want to know what the hell went on in Vietnam that they're like you know trot. This is called a canter. <laughs> <laughs> But he's obviously done all this <coughs> and he's learned all this stuff. But he, he, yeah, he can, you know, he plays this game and he wins their respect or their sort yeah. of, like, you know. But it goes on for like almost ten minutes, and I'm just like, oh, move on! Like this does not need but to keep happening. It's, it's. Um, I like how he can plan an attack on a Russian fortress using four rocks as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and one guy that's been inside who just yeah. seems to know where everything is. Where are the prisoners here? Where are the artillery here? Like. <laughs> How do you? You like, must be three of us are going to go in. And yeah, yeah. What were you in this fortress? That you know all this. <laughs> I was a cook. I was the cleaner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weird. Uh, but yeah. So both. I should say so. Both Rambo two and Rambo three uh, were nominated for Razzies. Oh. So Razzies obviously being the opposite of the Oscars. These are for yeah, the yeah. worst possible films. So uh, Rambo two was nominated for seven. It won four. Including worst picture, actor, and screenplay. How dare they? Worst actor won by both uh, by both uh, Richard Crenna and Sylvester Stallone. Amazing. Rambo three, it was nominated for five, and it only won one. So you know, try harder next time. <laughs> uh, and Stallone won worst actor. Um, and for both of them as well, for both two and three, uh, David Morrell wrote the novelization. Okay. So. 
you can't get this is this is the weird bit. You can't get a novelization of the first film because obviously the the original base novel yeah, yeah, yeah. ends with the alternate ending. It ends with Rambo dying. Yes, he commits suicide, or Trackman kills him. Um, so morale writing the second and third one, you go if you were to be in a shop and go oh first blood oh first blood part two oh Rambo three, you'd pick them up and you'd read the first one. Okay. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I've got two more books to read. They're not super. They must be supernatural thrillers. It's just somebody with the same name. Yeah. So for you then, what's the anything that stands out for you in Rambo three? It, it's the only thing that can stand out, and that is Rambo driving a tank into a helicopter. You know, not only has he just defeated the entire Russian army, or at least at least a good section of the Russian army, enough that. You know, enough soldiers as it takes to invade a country. Yeah. <laughs> um, after he's sort of, you know, him and these uh, peasants on horseback have taken out tanks and jeeps mm. and whatever else. The one last thing that he's doing is taking out the captain. And what better way to do it is to have a, a game of chicken with a tank and a helicopter. Yeah. In which the tank wins, clearly. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, has there been a better oh, no. <laughs> death in yeah. cinema history? This is what I mean. I mean, it's so. This is what I mean by this film. It's so ridiculous. I mean, it's like the most eighties, over the top action film at that point. I'm like, yeah, it's incredible. Um, I think that's why I like it so much because it is so silly. Like, there are parts <coughs> of this film when you sort of think, all right, they are trying to get a message. You know, again, they've got this thing about you know, Russians invading and. Um, Troutman talks to when you know when they're torturing Troutman and he talks about the um, the commitment of the, the Afghan rebels. You know, he said like you know, um, there's a really poignant line in this. It's really quite important when he says like you know, these guys they don't quit. They've got nothing to lose. They won't stop fighting. You can't beat an army like that. We've already had our war that like like this. Yeah. And and even when you watch it now, you're thinking, well, you can have another. But you know, it's that thing of like they're trying to hammer home this yeah. thing of like you know. Um, all this stuff about the Afghan rebels and all sort of thing. You think, okay, again, you can try to get your message home and great, but on top of that, like the action is ludicrous and and it's so it's so silly. Just, I mean, just and it's only just occurred to mind now. Take the beginning and end of each film, and like the the biggest difference. So the beginning of First Blood is this loner who's sad and upset mm. because his friends died and at the end he's he has a bit of a breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Character hasn't travelled that much distance. No, it's but it's underlined. It's it's yeah, there's an arc. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Start and end of two. Mm. You're taking a prisoner out of a prisoner camp who at the end anti government and blows up a bit of a government yeah, yeah. base. Yeah, yeah. You know, again there's there's that arc, but end of three. Oh, all's so well. You've, a peaceful man you've taken from a monastery, driving a tank into a helicopter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing that the, I was, cause this, you, you're totally right, right? Because the thing about this, most film arcs, when you see character development, yeah, it's that thing of like it's betterment, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing is like you you start in one point and you get better, and it starts in the first film with a guy who isn't in a great place and he's obviously going to visit his friend and he's looking for a place in the world. That's what it is. Yeah. So he's not in a great place but he seems sort of like he's looking for peace, you know, but he's clearly got an underlying anger. By the end of the third film, 
when they, they they're driving away in a jeep having killed hundreds of people yeah <laughs> this is where I got confused is the third one they go home together with the plan of going back to America with the plan of going back to America because yeah. they go off in the jeep um so yeah so they they they're in this jeep driving away and they're cracking jokes and all of a sudden it has come full circle and Rambo appears to have completely come yeah. to terms with the fact he is a killing machine it's Troutman it's Troutman is a bad a, influence Troutman's a bastard he is <laughs> totally because this thing of like, all I can see I'm not spending all this time investing training and whatever else in you for you to turn into a manic depressive yeah, and make you, well, you will kill people Rambo yeah you so like it or I not. Almost, there's a part of me that actually wonders going back to them now if all oh, this is a conspiracy and Troutman's like no no we invested in him yeah. it'll work for us because I can see that like by the, by the third film he goes back with Troutman and he's almost like, by the time they get back on the plane, he's like, we've got another mission for you. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's it. There's just, it, if it wasn't just that cycle of, uh, like, of, of violence then after three, <laughs> he's come to terms with it. He's like, yeah, all right, let's, yeah. Go, let's go blow up some of the brown people. And, uh, yeah. What, who's the new, who's America's new enemy? <laughs> yeah. Rambo, Rambo 4, I mean, you could have well, seen it. Rambo 4 in early 90s would have been Gulf War, yeah. would have been the Arabs, would have been the oil. There'd have been something. The fact it never happened, I find slightly surprising, really. Well, if you made it now, it'd be North Korea, wouldn't it? Mm. He'd go and assassinate Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me that the Expendables probably won't in the next film. Well, who knows? But obviously, yeah, so they drive off into the sunset, you know, as a, as a happy couple into action movie heaven um, and we hear nothing from Rambo for 20 years um, yeah. yeah so the rights were sat with um, the uh, uh, Car- oh, that company <laughs> Caro Loco production company I know the symbol it's one of the things I've never been able to say it pronounce it but I've known the symbol because you'll see it on all these films for years. Like the C's yeah the C's or, and yeah, stuff yeah, right yeah. They obviously want bust. They sold their rights to um, Miramax in the 90s. And then Miramax kept trying to make a fourth Rambo film. And Stallone was like, no, I'm done. I don't want to make any more Rambo films. I've got nothing more to say with that character. And so they thought it was a lost leader. So they were like, we've got these rights. We can't do anything with them. Let's see if we can make some money off them. Because they're never going to make anything with them. So they sold them to another company called Millennium Films. Thinking, oh, I've just made some money off those rights mugs they'll never yeah. make anything of it and there's within literally within a year of them selling uh, Stallone was back going I've got a story I want to tell this story uh, with Rambo so they obviously they made Rambo now this again was in the period when Stallone was just like take that last name and make a film <laughs> I've just made a film alright with Rocky in it what's it called Balboa Bal- <laughs> right so what do you want to do now I want to do a film about Rambo what are you going to call it Rambo. Rambo. <laughs> um, but the last one was called Rambo 3. <laughs> Can we call this one Rambo 4? No, it's just called Rambo. Just Rambo. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> or we're going to make it. So we get Rambo in 2008. When did you did you see it at the cinema? or did you? I, I saw this at the cinema. Yeah, because I remember after seeing Rambo going back and reading about it because I you know knowing that they were going to make a new one incredibly excited about it mm. and going back afterwards seeing it and saying oh, I wonder where it came from and I know that there was an, another idea for a story which was um, uh, some girl getting kidnapped by like the Mexican cartel yeah. and Rambo was going to go and rescue her it was going to be Rambo on drugs and Stallone or against drugs. And said no I want 
Rambo belongs in the jungle. Yeah, Ram- that's where Rambo should be. He belongs it was in the apparently going to be. It was going to be closer to, like Rambo's come to terms with his thing. He's living yeah. a life in America, and he was going to be like a farmer or something. And yeah, a friend was going. Friend's daughter or one of the yeah maids like you had people working in the house yeah. and their daughter got kidnapped or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we can discuss one of the concepts that was banded around from Rambo Five. <laughs> <laughs> at some point the fact that, the fact that I'm we, so glad never went anywhere the fact that we even get to talk about it is so good though <laughs> um, yeah but yeah so we're at the cinema and ah, oh, it um, you know I think people try and argue a political message behind Rambo um, I think I Stallone think, would argue there's a political message behind Rambo I, I I th- well, I think people argue, like, from an American point of view, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously it's about Burma and the Civil War that's been going on in Burma yeah. for God knows how long, which, you know, I, don't, I suppose it brought, the film brought that to a lot of people's attention. I think that's more of importance. It raises I, the awareness. I've heard of Burma. Yeah, yeah. But I'd never, you know, I wouldn't have had any idea that there was any sort of Not Civil Not a place to visit, on. I'd say. I think, I think there was Americans arguing that it was about... Uh, American intervention in yeah. other people's conflicts and it was kind of a, a statement on Iraq and Afghanistan and they're their wars you know mm, should we be we should, there we should be involved yes this is this is why Americans should yeah. be involved you know we go and we sort everything out and make yeah. everything good again um, and I suppose you know I, I don't necessarily think Stone had that in mind it was it was the raising the awareness of the conflict in Burma but it's just out and out bloodshed it is. <laughs> it's just, no, it is. It is. It's bizarre. You, know, you talk about the blood count, uh, the body count jumps again up to two hundred. Two hundred something. Two hundred something in this one. I've read, you know, it's almost doubled in every film. So if they were to make Rambo five, you're looking at about five hundred killings. Yeah, yeah. It'd be <laughs> three, it'd be, just to get the body count up, it would have to be three hours long, and the last hour is just him shooting <laughs> just, people. Um, but that's yeah. it. I think you're right there. This is just bloodshed. But there is the thing is, like you say, this film it raises awareness of the Burmese conflict because the I watched it today actually but the opening credits of the film yeah and the first two or three minutes is just news footage yeah, yeah, yeah. of of things that have gone on and some of it is brutal yeah. like decapitated bodies and burnt bodies and people being shot and tortured so it's it, you know so that sort of yeah but the carnage in that news footage Almost like sets the bar for what you're gonna have to. Yeah. Like, what you're setting. It's the news footage, isn't it? And then it's into uh, those those militants basically playing a game with the villagers yeah. and getting them to cross. They put like landmines the in a rice field. And then, yeah, you have to run through it. And those that made it across, they shot anyway. Yeah, it was a complete. You know, farce. and it's it's just that I think you know it's that steady, these these are the brutality that these people are facing. Yeah, they're trying to set them up as like these are almost as evil as like you know concentration camp level Nazis yeah it's that kind of thing um, the problem I have with this whole thing of this has a message and that's like it raises awareness right and then you get this whole thing of it almost has it feels American because it carries the message of might is right because yeah. you have the um, Christian aid workers going in and they get for want of a better phrase fucked up yeah they go in, they get kidnapped, they get shot at, they get beaten and whatever. They, they, one, um, one of them's going to get raped and there's all that kind of jazz going on, right? And then again, it's like you say, it takes the American icon Rambo to go yeah. and sort things out. And it's that, it, it carries that message then of 
peace isn't you know we in, in the yeah, song that accompanies the film you know peace in our time is the you know is the all you know the long road and all this other stuff but then in this film it's like no 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 you need to be yeah. blowing the shit out of people to teach them a lesson you can you can only match violence with violence that's the only and that's exactly yeah but yeah. that's and maybe that's just us maybe that's what we I take from it maybe that's something wrong with me but that's what it tells me is that you can't go in with a you know you can't go into one of these situations and be helpful to the people because yeah you've got to fight might with might well the, the thing it's not it's not only just the other characters in it it's Rambo himself isn't it you know he's trying to again trying to live this peaceful life and doesn't work in order for him to resolve anything he, he can't do it peacefully yeah. he's got to um, and who does he dream about who pops up in his dream in, yeah Troutman's there again it is and it's, that, <laughs> it's that dream of Troutman giving him that message from the past that makes him go after them yeah my god He's like he's like the Mickey of the Rambo series. He keeps trying to pull it back, doesn't he? You know, in this one, I mean, I think he's um, Stallone is trying to not necessarily erase what happened in Rambo three. Yeah. But Rocky uh, Rambo goes back to being a very sort of introvert character yeah, yeah, yeah. again. He just wants to be I, left alone. I would to almost say that. And... I would almost say that. I think. I'm trying to remember just from watching today. There's, there's the scene where he does have the dream, and it's all the flashbacks, um, and it, it's uh, it it definitely has first blood. It definitely has part two. I'm not sure if it has anything from part three, because mm. I almost think that you're supposed to think this is actually a follow on from two. It almost ignores three. Yeah. Well, it's not the first time he's done it. No, no, that's true. Look at Rocky Balboa compared to what happened to Rocky Five. Yeah, completely ignored. Where did that go? <laughs> yeah, completely ignored. Yeah, everything in that. I think, gone. you know, maybe, maybe it's just but, Stone getting into his 60s and regretting some of the decisions he made in the past. I think, I'll just make it right with a new Yeah, pair. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like him, you know, you get the mercenaries. It is, it is that thing of him being just the older the statesman. He feels... Yeah. The one thing I would say is, though, and I sort of see it a little bit more with in, in The Expendables as well, I think this just comes with age. Like he's incredibly comfortable just being who he is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean he knows he knows now? He's like, yeah, yeah, we've got to the stage where I can just have fun with this. Yeah. Like I don't have to be doing other stuff. That doesn't mean he's not in shape because there's bits in in Rambo where he's like running through the forest and he's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, Jesus, man, you are in shape to be doing that kind of stuff. Like yeah, you know, was he when he filmed it? Sixty three. Something. He was like in his early to mid sixties. Yeah. yeah. So again, he commits himself to doing it. But let's talk about what we, the, the only thing that, like you said, that's worth talking about uh, in Rambo is probably the last forty minutes, because <laughs> everything before that is pretty much like it's almost like a trailer. You get little flashes of violence, yeah, and then it just goes. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes off big style. Yeah, and it starts with him literally ripping out someone's throat with his bare hands. <laughs> Which is a mental. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember that bit. All, you know, all, all I get is is him stood on the jeep with the with, the, with that gun. Yeah. And you know it literally taking whole chunks of people off. You know heads exploding, arms coming yeah. off. Yeah. I mean it's it's again it gets that cartoon level of violence yeah. where you're like I, I don't believe this. I can't believe this is the case. It's too ridiculous. Yeah, because you get yeah because you get it first, don't you? When the the militants invade the, the yeah, village. Yeah. yeah. And there's a decent amount of bloodshed. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. And, 
and some pretty graphic violence. But yeah, that last bit, the the image of just him behind that popping off and just and and you know the death of the bad guy actually is quite not tame. No, but it's brought down a level. But the you know the fact that he's used this machine gun. You know, again, when you look back at like. Rambo 2 when he explodes yeah, yeah. the Nuclear bad guy weapon. with his uh, with his exploding arrows and then Rambo 3 when he drives the tank into the helicopter and this one he takes out the bad guy just by he lops his head off doesn't he he stabs him oh that's right he, the, the guy's sort of trying puts to run away and he just appears from around the tree yeah 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 puts the knife in his belly and then slices out and yes, he falls yeah yeah he guts him you see the guts come out but it's actually it's quite uh, compared to the others compared to the other He's not blown up. Guy. It's pretty mellow. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't get blown <laughs> up. He get, he got away easy on that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing in this one again, like it being cartoony, and when I read about it, when I did the research and stuff, they were talking about like, oh, what what things to do? Well, you've got to have extreme violence and all this other stuff, and I get it to an extent. Yeah. But how how fast and powerful does an arrow have to be? To hit you and literally knock you off your feet, <laughs> and in what and in one case it literally takes someone's head off. It, you know, he's got the bow and arrow, and not only is he accurate as like yeah. you know, so he's like Hawkeye level accuracy, but like these bow and arrows are like literally like blowing people off their feet. And when I'm watching that, I'm like, I really want to enjoy this film, but uh, it's difficult. And maybe maybe it's a trick learned from the uh, what is it? Scorpion King. You know when he's going yeah, to pull it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he pulls it just that little bit further. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> he watched the Scorpion King. He watched the Scorpion King and thought, anything Dwayne Johnson can do, I can do better. Uh, yes, yeah, so anything Dwayne... <laughs> I'm the original. If anything Dwayne can do, I can do better. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, does, it still has that level of ridiculous... I think it, it's obviously an attempt to be a more serious, closer to the original the t- the t- Rambo the first yeah, two the, anyway the, the tone you know, is the, a lot closer to the first one than yeah, the others it's the, you know the attitude of, of Rambo and his kind of personality and the way he behaves is closer to the first one yeah yeah a lot closer um, obviously the, the the setting is is back to the second one and it's out in the jungle and that guerrilla warfare uh, but it does still carry some of the ridiculousness of yeah. three with it. <laughs> it really does. I mean, that's the thing, and that's what but that's what I think why it works in some ways and not in others. Because I think it's so it's a little uneven yeah. in that respect. Because um, I think if, I actually think if they toned down the cartoony violence a little bit in that last third in that finale, I think it would be more impactful than than it is. Yeah. Because you've gone from that to that, but if you kept it realistic, you'd still be like, oh my god, that's that's crazy. Um, but this was at the same time he was making it. He made the Expendables, and obviously, see, so he was into that proper like retro yeah, yeah, balls yeah. to the wall action. Um, Which one do you reckon he has the least lines in? One or four? Oh, good question. Um, I'm actually well. Apart does <laughs> does that count as a joke that's in the script? Yeah, <laughs> four, four pages of that just, just for the finale Rambo. <laughs> Because uh, that's all he does for like the, yeah. the end finale. I actually think he says less in in four. I'm sure he must do because he do, there are whole sections where he's on that boat. And yeah, he when the mercenaries are chatting away, and they're, trying, they're trying to goad him, aren't mm. they? And he just doesn't say a word. He speaks to the he speaks to the blonde girl. Yeah, speaks yeah. to the woman. 
I don't know. You're right. I mean, there's sections where he talks, but it's always to give instruction or to yeah. say to give answers. But yeah, he, he yeah he, does, he barely talks in it. Like you know, line for line. I don't think I think he talks. But then he's not he's, even in the other two, like two and three. He's never really, you know, he's not exactly a a, a gossip, is he? Really, you know, he's not. No, no, he, he's not, he's I can't not, see him being great dinner conversations. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I, I, the funny thing is, you say about the tone of the first one. I've got this. This is a quote from David Morrell. So David Morrell never did a novelization for the first one, yeah. uh, for the last one. So this is, but he said, this is the first time that the tone of my novel, First Blood, has been used in any of the movies. It's spot on in terms of how I imagine the character, angry, burned out, and filled with the self disgust because Rambo hates what he he is, and yet knows it's the only thing he does well. And I think that does show in the film. There's a point in the film where he's trying to be calm and calm and calm. And then the pirates, the yeah. the, 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 uh, the Burmese pirates board the boat. And, um, you know, he keeps trying to talk them out of it. He's like, no, no, I'm just taking these people. Just leave us alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Da, da, da. And they see the blonde woman. And they're like, give us the woman or we'll, we'll basically kill you. Give us the woman. And he's like, no, you can't do them. And then when he just turns, takes the gun and like, kills all of them. And the guy's like, you can't kill these people. And he's like... I just saved your life. Yeah. But you can see it on his face that he's like, you know, I really did everything I could to prevent this. Well, that's it, you know. <coughs> I think it's, it's the same. He doesn't want to do it in one. He feels like he's forced into it. Yeah. Two, I think he'd quite happily spend the rest of his life in prison. I think so. I think, yeah. <laughs> But he's, he's dragged out of it. And I personally think, there's a part of me that wonders, like, you know, is he like, you know, he's just like, I know, I know where I stand here. I think yeah. there's a line cut there. Like, I know where I stand here. I've got my bitches. Yeah. You know, I've got myself some prison boys. Yeah, it's he's all, he's of, happy there. But he's kind of forced into it. Into yeah, it. yeah, yeah. He's, the third one, he's guilted into it. Yeah, the third one, he's kind of, a, feels obliged to do it. And then, and then the fourth one again you know it's it's him doing what he thinks is right you, yeah you could you know I think the, first, right. the, the, the fourth a, there one there is a conscience the fourth yeah. Yeah. the fourth one is the only one I would say where there's a real moral imperative to do yeah. good because even the second one you know um, they're like oh we left our boy you know we want to make sure we didn't leave our boys behind sort of thing yeah you know the, well, yeah, that's it they're people he's fought with they're, they're he knows what they're going through. He knows what they've been through. Yeah. And, and his government basically telling him to do it. The third one, it's the guy who, as, you know, as we've said, is almost his father figure. Yeah. So, you know, worst possible father figure. The fourth figure. one, he's got no emotional attachment to these people. No. He doesn't know him from Adam. It's a moral, so it is, it's a it moral is, thing, isn't it? It's is a moral thing in the fourth That's one. how I'd say it is. So, really, okay, let's sort of round this out. Because there's actually, the, the, you know, as always happens, and I don't know who owns the rights nowadays, but as always happens, would you be adverse to a modern retelling or a remake of, I would say, First Blood? Yes. So you wouldn't want... I wouldn't want... I wouldn't want... I don't even... I know you mentioned it earlier. I don't even... I'm not even sure I would like the idea of like a prequel. Yeah. Oh no, no, I agree. Because it's I, I think it's, it's it's that character of Rambo where it's, it's well, you know it's almost that enigmatic. Yeah, you don't need to know it. Come from you don't you know. You, all, all you need to know is that this is a man who's fought for his country and been let down by his country, and the mm. only thing he knows how to do well is kill people. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and it's the only thing he actually, you know, it's the only thing he's confident in being able to do as well. It's, yeah. This is bread and butter, so to speak. Um, so no, I wouldn't like to see, I, I don't think, I, I think Rambo's done. Mm. You know, I know there's there's talk of a TV series. There's always talk of different and there's, things. There's been talk of the fifth film. We'll get onto that in a minute because <laughs> there is actually a remake happening. It's an Asian remake. I don't know if it's actually going to oh, happen. They're, yeah, they're Bollywood. They're, Bollywood, Bollywood yeah. And the, all of the scenes are poster for it. And it's just some again, some ripped Asian guy. And the plot is again like he comes home from in, being in the army, being the war, goes back to his village and finds that his village is being tormented by whatever, and he, yeah. he ends up being. After some event, he, he ends up being chased into the, the hills or the mountains or whatever. And it's a similar thing to the first one. Do you know what? Like, because it would be so different, like, you know, it'd be such, it's, it, even from a, from a cultural point of view, it'd be so different. Yeah. Um, I would be interested in seeing that. Just so like, I know this character so well <laughs> that I could, I could completely... It's not like an American remake. You know, it's not... It's not Gerard Butler or yeah, yeah. Chris Pine playing the character. It's going to be some other guy in a completely different cultural context. That I'm almost like, okay, this could be interesting. It's almost the other side. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'm intrigued. I don't by know. That. I don't know. I could, um, you know, apologies. I'm not meaning to offend anyone, and I am ignorant about Bollywood. But the idea of Rambo suddenly breaking out into song and dance in the middle of an action scene. I'm not sure if that. I'm not sure if it would have the Bollywood, <laughs> the full Bollywood experience. I don't know. You know I don't know. Do they make the full, Do they make Bollywood films without the singing and dancing? I don't. Know. I assume so. I think I, I so. Know. I think so. I don't know. It'd be it's something. I again. I, said, I, I, I hear Bollywood, and I just think you know you these elaborate that, dance scenes yeah, with yeah, the music yeah. and the singing and whatever else. Um, I don't know. Good question. I suppose <laughs> something worth looking into um, I like it though from a cultural context of being tweet 20th century geek hashtag Bollywood Rambo yeah <laughs> let me, let me, let me know <laughs> let me know um, but yeah so there's that and then obviously the other thing that's, that's um, happening because you say it's brought to an end the one thing I want to talk about Rambo before we close off on the films that exist is the very very end of Rambo is him going yeah. home now he goes and he's called John J Rambo yes but when, so when he goes home and there's a letterbox, and it's, ah, Rambo. So they just haven't got, they're not very imaginative. So John Jay, and ah, ah. So, um, but he goes home, right? And obviously you don't know what happened at the end of three. No. Between three, and so there's been 20 years between the end of three and, and four. And they talk about going back to the States and stuff. And in four, he does, someone just say to him about, like, you know, have you got people at home? He's or maybe a father. And I'm thinking, you're in your 60s. So, your father must be at least in his 80s. He's in his 60s. Rambo's not in his 60s. Well, he has to be in order for the timeline to work. Uh, for Vietnam and that, stuff. That's very true, actually. So, yeah. he has to be in his 60s in order for it to work. So, when, he walk, when he's walking down that path, right, and he's obviously aged a lot, and I was thinking, like, would I reckon, if I saw Stallone from, from, from First Blood yeah. to Rambo, which is like 30 plus years, He's wearing well, the same clothes. Yeah, he's wearing the same clothes. <laughs> They've lasted very well. <laughs> They've done well. Um, so when he's walking down that thing into that into that that um, farm, and he knocks on the door, I was all I was just like, I want to know what that first conversation was like. Maybe that's where he learned how to ride a horse. Oh, very good point. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. That's part <laughs> of his history. There you go. That's part of his history. He's come from a farming background, but I do wonder, like you know, he goes back to that farm. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like... Where have you been? Where have you been? What have uh, you been up to? Yeah. Wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. 
have you got five minutes? <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's, it's a it's a nice ending because he's going home, but I still feel it's a bit like you be like yes, he's like you know I'm I'm John, and you be like hello John, <laughs> what you want? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's all that. I'm also curious as like how he got back because he's been there for 20 years. Like, does he have? A, I don't think he has a passport. I doubt he has a passport. That's <laughs> yeah. very true. So I'm not sure how he got back into America. Yeah. Although if you listen to Trump, he probably just came up from Mexico hauling a bunch of drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. But I think they. they, they uh, well, he's even bright, full circle, hasn't he? You look yeah, at that. Yeah. You look at that closing scene of Rambo, and it is just a complete mirror of the opening scene. It's yeah, and that's exactly what it's been. It's a close, the, isn't it? It's, and it's supposed to be that. the close. So just before we get onto that final film or the the potential, the potential film, film, I did a Twitter poll today. I've got eighty plus votes. So I, I voted. Oh, did you? Go I on. voted. So what we've got is we had uh, the four films, and it was basically which one is the best? Which one's your favourite? So. I'm assuming you can probably guess which one came out first. It's always the always the way. So, yeah. First Blood, uh, part one, came out with 57% of the votes as number one. Okay. Uh, Rambo, um, all capital letters, came out second with 25%. And then two and three just drop. So First Blood, part two, came in third with 11%. And then Rambo three comes in with 7%. So, yeah. So that shows that sort of... Uh, First Blood Part One is definitely the, you know, obviously by a long shot. It, yeah. it is, it is out and out probably the best of the series, and um, I'd say it's 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 more than an action film. It's a good good movie. It is, it is. I'd it's, recommend it. I know we spoil stuff, but I'd definitely recommend anyone goes and sees it. I, in all fairness, if you're if if you're got an interest in the twentieth century culture and you haven't seen Rambo, then there's something wrong with you anyway. Agreed. <laughs> no, no, because you, you're right, aren't you? Because it is a milestone of uh, 20th yeah. century... Let's say, I think I'm always going to have a, an affinity and a connection with number two, because I, I, I recall from my childhood that's the first one I remember seeing. And, yeah. You know, just, just talking about it now and reminding me of that mach- toy machine I had, which I am going to scour eBay for yeah, and yeah. see if I can get I it will again. tweet a picture of Rambo-related awesome. toys. Just, you know, this, this, it took me back. I remember, there's I'm, a couple of guys, right? There's, another, there's a podcast, which I really enjoy, and I've spoken to the guys a couple of times, but the Launchpad podcast, uh, Matt and Aaron off the Launchpad, they did, they did one, an episode recently, it was all about... Um, Inappropriate cartoons, which is where we sort of talk about Rambo and Rambo, yeah, yeah. but they did one about toys from their childhood. And I'm going to be sending them that picture just to remind them, to tie the two together, like, look, here's inappropriate toys <laughs> yeah. from, you know, directed at kids from an R-rated film. Buy your own M60 machine gun. Yeah. I'm so pleased that you knew about it. I'm so pleased I now know about that. Well, what were we saying? That was 1987, I was five. Yeah, yeah. If that merchandise, because that, that merchandise, that's spun off from the film. That's a picture of... That's, that's the, two. That's, that's a, the cover of Rambo 2 yeah, yeah. on that box. Yeah. So that's 87, 88. I'm a five, six-year-old Yeah. with an M60 machine gun and a knife. Yeah, yeah. Just running around pretending to be Rambo. Yeah. At six years old. Yeah. <laughs> what, I what, love what rating did you say it was it's an 18, uh, 18. 18. 18. I love the 80s <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the 80s were so irresponsible um, in fact I've even got a vague recollection of the not, uh, it might not be true it might just be me piecing Rambo and my childhood together but the, the toy knife that came with it I even vaguely remember the end screwed off and it had the compass and it had the compass oh just like Rambo's knife. Yeah. Who knows? 
I know, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, well, we'll come back to it at some point. You're going to buy it and we'll, 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 we'll get it out there. Um, so, yes, you said before, we'll finish off with uh, an unused, I'd probably say thankfully unused, <laughs> uh, concept that was going to be used um, for Rambo 5. Now, I, the, do you know what? I saw a headline for this when they were first talking about it. And the headline just said, Rambo has beaten everything on Earth. That was it. And I was like, oh, well, what, what are they thinking then? What were they thinking, guys? <laughs> so the idea for Rambo 5 was going to be Rambo taking on uh, a genetically mutated or cybernetic, some form of created beast uh, made by scientists in the Arctic and this beast had killed all the scientists in the Arctic and gone on a rampage, and so Rambo was going to go and sort it out. So, yes, <laughs> right? And you're probably going to get some of the, the ghost of Troutman was going to turn up. <laughs> yeah. We've gone into full weird sci-fi maybe territory. Maybe this genetically mute. It was a genetic... Maybe it had Troutman's brain. Yeah. <laughs> like Robocop 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, I, I did, did some digging on this, right? And there's never been anything more than sort of like little bits of information so that synopsis and bits and pieces have been released yeah. right but there was never a script there was never a they never finished a concept or anything like that it was just this idea however I did find that there was a whole thing there was an interview with Stallone and I forget the guy's name but he was one of these like the linked producers or something with it and basically what they said they started with an idea and the idea was it led to that synopsis you just gave yeah but they were. It was at the time when there were lots of crossovers. So they'd been Alien versus Predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd been Freddy versus Jason. So they were that, and they were saying, "Who could Rambo go against?" So the one of the ideas that went down was who from another franchise could yeah. Rambo face off. And there was ideas of Rambo versus Predator, which I still think would be awesome. But <laughs> Rambo versus Predator, both very jungle yeah, based. Yeah, there was uh, Rambo versus Terminator. There were these ideas yeah, yeah. being banded around of like, could we? Because the idea was again Stallone versus Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. Da 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 da. Right. But at that point, you know, Schwarzenegger was the governor of California and all those sort of things. So they never went anywhere. And I think so. He boiled it down to what basically at the end sounds a bit like Rambo versus the Thing. <laughs> um, but I thought yes, this idea of him going against something and going into sci-fi territory, I actually got quite excited oh, by because no, I was like, because I, I was like, worse. oh no, because I was, I was like, this is going to be, I this is going to be car crash level <laughs> awful. This is going to be Leprechaun in Space level bad. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I knew what this was going to be. Yeah. But it's almost one of those It almost got a title, wasn't it? Like Rambo Hunted or something. <laughs> something like that. And then there was another title banded around of Rambo Last Blood. The Last Blood. That was one I saw a lot online. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah with Last Blood. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you know that someone in marketing's gone. You know that first one? <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, it was, still, he'd still make a sixth one and come on, just call it John. Well, yeah. <laughs> JJ. JJ. Um, well, this is the thing. Like, all these things, all these... <coughs> it's When they call things like Last Blood, the fact that I saw that and I saw this concept that yeah. went with it, it just told me... It, it, it screamed desperate marketing yeah. ploy. But all I could think of was... Um, 
uh, Jason 4, the final chapter. <laughs> Freddy, uh, Freddy 6, the final nightmare. It was just like, you know, last blood, you're like, this won't be the last one. Because no. <laughs> you know it's going to be shit and you've got to do something else. Um, so, yeah, I'm so glad they didn't make it. Um, yeah. I, I almost wish, though, it's one of those things that I almost wish someone had gone, yeah, this would make a terrible film, but I wish someone would not make a comic or something. Do you know what I mean? Just like flesh it out because I think it's such a daft, silly idea. So I think someone, I I was reading though that someone has, it's not going to be a Rambo film, but someone has picked up that idea about this. Oh, it will not surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. It'll probably have someone like Gerard Butler or someone like that. I mean, Stallone's set now, hasn't he? He's done with Rambo. He's not taking him any further. But he's talking about it in the another. I know he's got because he's got. Well, basically, he's, he's got Barney Ross now. Hasn't that's he? it. Because you know, let's be honest, right? And you watch Rambo Four. He wanted to close that down because Rambo is a really depressing character. Like he might be great for action, yeah, but he's not exactly the life and soul of the party, is he? Nah, not at all. And like you say, Rocky. You know, the Rocky story is done because there's no more. You can't get him in the ring anymore, and so he has to pass on to to um, John Boyega. Um, no not John Michael yeah, B. Michael, Jordan yeah. and he's great and I loved Creed and I'm actually quite looking forward to Creed too. I think it'll be interesting so Barney Ross as far as I'm concerned is almost become like Stallone's hobby yeah he's like I love doing action films and I want to have fun doing them yeah. so I'm going to do these well this is it you know he's just um, I'll get my mates in and we'll have a laugh that, that's exactly it you know and, and anyone who remembers anything about 80s action films can just see how tongue in cheek oh yeah those films are yeah anyone who moans about how bad the expendable films are like just don't watch them because you know exactly what you're getting into exactly you know there are some films that do deliver a message and there are some films that carry a poignant purpose there are other films that just just switch your brain off and just sit back and enjoy it and don't what? try and read anything into it. There's no. nothing to read into it. Just watch a load of muscle-bound free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. And I love the fact. And I have to say, right? I this is. I know this is a Rambo thing, but we will we'll round it out by saying I really enjoy the Expendable films. I think they're yeah, daft. Absolutely. I think they're stupid. I love the fact that they brought in Jean Claude Van Damme as a villain. I love the fact they brought in uh, uh, Mel Gibson as a villain. Yeah. And like you know, I just thought it's a, Mel Gibson made a great villain. He was, he was, and he was, he was huge, he was hench, <laughs> brilliant. I loved it. Um, but the thing I would say about Barney Ross, Barney Ross is Rambo uh, without the guilt. Yeah, <laughs> he, Barney Ross is Rambo at the end of Rambo Three. Yeah, do you know what? If if I, I wouldn't like to see the other side, but if if you could turn Rambo into his angel and his demon or you know you it's you separate, you separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah Barney Ross would be the good side of Rambo I wouldn't like to see the the, the other bit that came away Cobra <laughs> Cobretti yeah, even Cobra's got a bit of a sense of humour yeah no, yeah. you need some yeah there's a, there must be a really dark side of it's a really depressing side Eeyore. yeah Eeyore. Eeyore. <laughs> Rambo is a combination of Eeyore and Barney Ross. That's it. <laughs> oh no, I'm expendable. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> Troutman wants me to kill more people. <laughs> yeah. So there we have it then. We've covered the Rambo franchise. I would say that like they are of, the four films are of varying quality, but 
all worth a watch. Oh, absolutely. I would say go watch that series. If you love action films, like you've got to watch. These are films you've got to have watched. If you call yourself a modern action uh, fan and you haven't watched the Rambo series, then you haven't done your homework. Like you need to watch these films. And I'm sure they're available on you know all kinds of streaming services, legal or non. And uh, <laughs> you need to go and watch them. Any last thoughts? Any, any last thoughts before we wrap up on uh, on John J. Rambo? No, I think we've covered him pretty well, but I'd like to come back and do Rocky and Expendables. I think we should. I think we should definitely... Oh, does, does Expendables fit 20th century? Well, I'll tell you what we'll do, because it's the... It does, in a way. It does. Because it pulls them all back. It does, and I think it should be. Yeah, we'll do we'll do 80s action heroes via the Expendables, like how it celebrates all their films. Because it does, especially the nods, you know... Um, you know, everything from Arnie pushing out of a car saying, I'm back! <laughs> Just, Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris doing a, doing a Chuck Norris joke. Dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything like that. So I think we should, yeah, we will. We will do a, as a, we'll come back and we'll do the Expendables as a, a celebration of 20th century action films. And then we will do Rock. In fact, I'll tell you what, we will do a full-on um, Rocky retrospective in time for Creed Two. Sounds good. Creed Two's, I think, out in November ah, this year. So we will get watch those and we'll come back and do that. So thank you very much, guys. It's been great. And you, on? you enjoyed it? I have actually. Yeah, it's been good fun. Good, good. Thank you very. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Yeah. All, all <laughs> four of you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Right. Thank you very much, guys, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was our Rambo retrospective. I hope you enjoyed it. And I think Gaz will be back in the future to talk uh, The Expendables and Rocky. So we'll be having a bit of a Stallone special. Probably come back later this year as Creed 2 comes out in November. Now, before you go, quick mention. If you want to get in contact with us, we are available on social media at 20th Century Geek. Uh, on Facebook, also under 20th Century Geek. Or if you want to email me, that's 20thCenturyGeek at gmail.com. All open to any suggestions or any form of communication. All participation is welcome. And of course, the one thing I need to mention right at the end, we have a Patreon account. So please, if you want to keep this going and you think you want to donate in any form, all pennies are welcome. I appreciate them all. So check that out. Thank you very much. I will see you again next time.